While you were out at the mall, I walked down to the bar to make some lonely folks not lonely anymore. When you decorated the tree, you didn't bother calling me. Cause you gave up on me when I grabbed my coat and left. Now you wanna be with the one you love. And I don't think that I fit that love. So when you hang the missile. There's one thing I want you to know Happy holidays one and all From the igloo from the bunker It is 2015 coming to a close And we're coming at you live here for the Grayley and Grimerica Holiday Fandango 2015 Graham and Darren Live up in the frozen north, how are you tonight, gentlemen? Good, Mike. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you guys, man. It's really cool to be able to get together at the holidays and, and do this together. We're a little sad. Cam and Kyle have expanded perspectives with all the hell that's broken loose down there in Texas. They aren't really able to join us tonight, but, well, that's okay. We three kings <laughs> of Orient <laughs> are. <laughs> yeah, seems like oh. a new tradition in the making. Yes, it is. Well, you know, that's the cool thing about the holidays is you can do that around the holidays. You can you can start new trends or you can just, uh, you know, break all the rules in general, really whatever the hell you want to do. <laughs> so what do you guys have planned for New Year's, by the way? Not much, actually. There's a sweat lodge. There's a local sweat lodge. Dan, Dan's got to train that plan. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, there's Graham going all spiritual on us. Already right from the get-go. Uh, I'm oh. actually going to have homemade juice Caesars and make appetizers. Homemade what? Juice? Lisa's going to make Caesars with her juicer. <laughs> and then I'm going to make appetizers with my new pounds. Nice. Yeah. I mean, delightful. Well, that's, yeah, it does sound delightful. I will be uh, performing at Bearwater's Brewery with the uh, the Mr. Uh, well, actually, Grayley and X listeners know him, uh, Smokey Waddell. He's the bass player in my band. I haven't been in like a band in 10 years that Dakota wasn't a part of, but he and I and the lovely lady, Danielle Bishop, are going to be performing uh, together that night, a New Year's Eve party. And then we're going to come back to Asheville and go to another musical New Year's celebration. So that's what I'll be doing. And uh, of course, for those of you at home tonight listening to all this, Darren and Graham and I, you're not just going to hear us rambling all night. There are going to be a lot of folks who are going to be chiming in over the course of the evening. Special guests, we're not going to announce who... Yet, I think we'll keep it a surprise. Uh, we might drop a few spoilers along the way. But, guys, we do have phone numbers, and we will be taking calls from folks who want to chime in and get in on the fun. Uh, Graham, why don't we take it to you? How can people reach the program tonight? Well, they can call you on Skype. i got a number here. It's 828-398-4886. Can they also Skype Graylian Report, all in one word? That is true. Yes, yes. You can use the Grayling Report. Uh, and we've got a hashtag that Darren picked out for Twitter. <laughs> Fuck hashtags. That's my hashtag. <laughs> You're right. 
It's very simple. Just Fandango. That's that's our hashtag. So if you'd like to keep the conversation going on social media, that's the best way to do it. Chime in. Hashtag Fandango on Twitter. And of course, we'll have a Twitter thread with all the links where you can hear this. You can hear it backstage if you're not already tuned in live and listening. But then again, if, if you're not really, how are you hearing this? Exactly. They might be at the Grayley Report where we also have the live stream. But if you're at Grayley Report and you'd rather go to their website and listen to it, you can do that. And vice versa to the Grimericans who haven't been to the Grayley Report. If the Grimericans what... listen on your page, don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the fun thing, though, is that we do get to cross-pollinate just a little when we do things together like this. So, yeah, that number again is 828-398-4886. Skype ID, Grayley and Report. Call into the program. Wish us Happy New Year. We hope to hear from folks at home. We already did have a few calls coming in. We may jab uh, each other and, and engage in a little chin-wagging first. But if you don't get through the first time, call us back. We will go back to the calls. You're probably in the next few minutes or so. Can we name, okay. the, can we name the cross-pollinization before we... Fuck, I knew that word. Grab I knew that out. was going to get you all excited. I see you. Like, <laughs> you almost hear your little part start. It's going to as soon as it's Mike is saying cross pollinate. It's pollinate? Oh, blue balls? Gram spermia. Gram spermia. Gram spermia. <laughs> I love like it. Did we... Bad porno. It was, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's well, you know, okay. Out there, and we're going to stumble <laughs> upon it one day. <laughs> well, if we haven't stumbled upon it yet, uh, tonight, that's going to be our, our uh, modus operandi prime objective, uh, prime directive, in fact, for all the Star Trek fans out there just as well. We'll make it all things it needs to be and much, much more. So what's the temperature up there at the Igloo, guys? Oh, minus 10, maybe? Minus 12? Minus it 12 really is cold. Like Celsius. If we open the door, a cold draft comes in. We barely got the Igloo warm enough to not freeze the equipment. Unbelievable. 57 degrees Fahrenheit here in Asheville. 557, I, so that's about... Yeah, you're about 20 degrees warmer Celsius than us. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's yeah, quite... But here's the thing. So check it out. Uh, I, I decided to go on a little road trip. Yeah, that's what minus, I do. Oh, minus 15 feels oh. like minus 22. <laughs> wow. See? Not so bad. <laughs> okay, guys. So it was 70 degrees down in Greenville, South Carolina, where I was with my adopted sister Susan today. And I said, you know what? What the hell? We're going on a road trip. And, Darren, I don't think you heard this yet. We drove our asses down to Elberton, Georgia. We went to the Georgia Guidestones today. First time oh, ever. Nice. Yes, America's Stonehenge. And let me tell you, it was, it was weird. Uh, you know, it's, first of all, it's a little bigger, I think, than, than most people would, would think from looking at photographs. It's not like Stonehenge size, but it's big. And, you know, it's got all the, the different, uh, you know, New World Order treatises, you know, lined out. But not just in, in English. I mean, it's got it in... And gosh, I mean, uh, there's Sanskrit, there is uh, there's English, there's also Greek, uh, there is Egyptian, Klingon, G Klingon probably on there <laughs> for all we know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, th there's this this cat uh, who I was introduced to by Adam Sane in, in uh, Nashville a while back, and his name is uh, Dr. Mike Bennett, but he goes by Dr. Future. He used to do a radio show called Future Quake, and he did this damn documentary about the the guidestones which is part of the reason I wanted to get down there and, and actually see that was because after after hearing what he had to say about this I think he's blown the lid on it he traced the entire thing there was a documentary that he and Chris Bento did about this called Dark uh, Clouds Over Elberton and in that documentary they have come to a determination about what they think the guidestones mystery entails who was behind it it does I'll say this involved the Rosicrucians and believe it or not 
the guy who erected the monument had actually been, yes, I did just say erected. <laughs> the guy, the guy had been a supporter of David Duke. Remember him? Ran around on campuses, dressed up like a Nazi, all that stuff. David Duke. Yeah. Not Duke's a hazard. <laughs> anyway, long story short, there, there is like a, a kind of, a kind of a, I don't want to say sinister, but it is a little of that uh, involving that monument. So it's it was kind of eerie getting down there for the first time. Do you guys have anything like that up there in, in, in Canada? We have a UFO landing pad, and we have uh, Canada Stonehenge here in Alberta. But it's really just, you wouldn't be able to, there's no megalithic no, rocks. No, it's all just in. like... Uh, You'd think it was a medicine wheel if you didn't know any better. Unless it was megaliths that got fucking sheared no. off by the glacier. No. During the oh, last meteor, crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So didn't you get some good pics uh, around the guidestones there? I did. You know, it was beautiful weather. Uh, it was sunset right when we got down there, Graham. And so Susan and I, we we, we took my camera, and there were all kinds of pictures we took, uh, and some really awesome ones. I mean, with that sunset coming in, I mean, I felt like I was in a different world, a different country at the very least. And speaking of people in different countries. We do have callers come in. You guys want to go ahead and take a couple of calls? Yeah, let's take some calls. Absolutely. Here's yeah. how we'll do this. So that you know we're coming to you, we're going to go by your area code. Instead of east and west of the Rockies, you're going to hear your area code coming at you before we bring you on. So first we'll go yeah, to... Got a jingle for it. Okay, let's hit the jingle. And Micah. That's, that is a beautiful jingle. Okay, so we're going to go to 219, area code 219. You're live with the Graylings and the Grand Americans. Hello. What's up? How you doing, buddy? Doing well. Who are we talking to tonight? Alex Lopez from Indiana, man. Hey, Alex. Hey, Alex. How you doing? We're doing hey, great. Are you with RPJ? Uh, RPJ is not with us yet, but you know what? Going ahead no. and letting the cat right out of the bag. He's going to be. <laughs> all right, listen to this. I have to ask something real quick. All right. I'll think about it all day. If, if, you were, if someone comes to you right now and asks, if you can know the future, good or bad, would you want to know? No. Uh, no? Yes. And for what? You could do nothing about it to stop that. Let's say if, like, your mom died, grandma died, or you got rich and famous, would you want to know? No. Yeah, I think I would. Of course you would. I don't think I would. Never know. If you could be told two years from now you can be a millionaire, millionaires, 3,000 cares, anything. I think this is the good news. I'd be more worried about the bad news. Well, you know, Adam, Adam, I will say this. Okay. Uh, If, okay, if we were to say no, Graham and I said uh, no, Darren and I said no, Graham said yes. Now, here's the interesting thing. If we don't know the future already, then the alternative that's any different from what we already don't know is to say yes. So really, maybe one might say it would be interesting to be able to see the future. At least you could be that nutcase who runs around and can tell everybody that you know what's about to happen. And even if you only get your one moment of glory, you can at least seem like a psychic for that that one moment. Like you said, for good or for ill. So I don't know, it might be kind of interesting. Right. What about you, Adam? Alex. Alex, sorry. Notice when I said that I turned into Alex Jones for just a second? <laughs> just barely kind of started coming out. Sorry, Alex. What, what about you, though, bud? Um, I, I would say no, man. I don't want to... I don't want to go ahead and know and then accidentally mess that opportunity up. It's too much for a human to handle. If you think about it. It does kind of seem to be. That's a, it lot, really of weight. That's a lot of weight to carry. Knowing the future. 
It is. It really is. Okay, what about 2016 predictions? Or or if not predictions, maybe we'll make this a theme tonight, because I am kind of interested in 2016 predictions. Okay, so Alex, if you had to make a prediction about 2016, you, you we'll, we'll perceive um, what we can of the future, which is what most of us can. Nothing. I'll assume that you are not clairvoyant, uh, as the question would pose. So if you're not, at very least, what do you predict of or from 2016? What do you look forward to and what do you think we may be looking at in the coming months? Uh, being successful, man. I'm, I'm a very optimistic person. I'm very happy. Um, you know, I'm always up for something good to happen. Every day is a great day. I wake up happy. So I, I expect something great to happen for the 2015 and the years beyond. Absolutely. What about you guys? What about you guys? What about you, Grimes? What do I predict for 2016? Yeah. I predict that. Get him a drum roll, Graham. (laughs) (laughs) I predict that Donald Trump will be president. Oh, God, that's the one. Wait, you really? (laughs) No, I think he'll win next time, maybe. No, I think he's going to fucking just win it. He's just going to fucking win it. It's going to be crazy. It's all about that. Michael, I have a a prediction here from um, one of our... Listeners, okay, both of us, if you want me to go through it quickly. Yeah, please do. Go ahead. So he says, uh, first off, he's a huge fan of all the people participating in this thing. So he wants to go on the record so nobody feels left out. He says, all our podcasts are top notch and RPJ is always a favorite commentator. My question is, with the New Year's coming up, who wants to place bets on a public announcement of extraterrestrial life in 2016? He says, obviously, the cynic in me says it's a long shot, but I actually feel like the odds are pretty good for NASA to announce some microbes somewhere. A lot of the the big headlines in 2015 really set the stage for that next step, and the public seems sufficiently primed to accept the idea. Anyone want to go on record with a prediction or gut feeling? Huh. Uh... Well, I don't know about that one. Again, am I understanding correctly? NASA will will come forward with some sort of some sort of no, no, confirmation. NASA. NASA, it's a different place. NASA. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! Did it again. <laughs> so, anywho, Alex, brother, thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate the call and uh, happy New Year to you, man. All right, you too, man. Have a good night. Absolutely. I would God bless. say. Uh... Go ahead. I lost it. Oh, yeah, microbes, microbes, or life. Like, like I, I think if not in 2016, if, I, if not 2016, I'd say before 2020. Uh, I, I would say maybe before 2020 at very least. And But I'll tell you what I think could be leading up to that. I'll tell you what I think could be leading up to that, and that is actually uh, Elon Musk. I bet you weren't expecting me to say that, though. Elon Musk? For Elon Musk. No, 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 I'm just saying... Again, in, in advance of any kind of big announcements about alien life and whatnot, uh, you know, I think that Elon Musk, I, I've criticized him a little because I've said, you know, this guy could probably stand to go through some like public speaking courses, <laughs> but he really is an innovator and he really is maybe one of the only people in the technological sphere uh, right now who really seems dedicated beyond all the political and, and, and you know, geopolitical issues that we face as a civilization here on Terra I agree. Yeah, he, he's the one guy who's saying, you know what, we let's get up to Mars before World War Three breaks out. That way, that way, at very least, 
we will put our scientific intelligence and prowess to work for us before it goes to work for the war effort. Because if there were to ever be a World War III, God forbid, look look to the past. It, it, that's always... Now, interestingly, war will drive technology in not only innovative, but in uh, astonishing ways. I mean, we're talking near intelligence explosion. But by the same token, that's not going to be focused on things like space exploration unless it's going to be used for warfare. So, you know, in terms of peaceful space colonization and actually furthering our our, our you know, exposure to our solar system at very least. Yeah, I mean, Elon Musk is really, I think, a, a kind of an innovator and certainly a person with the kind of foresight I think that we need in terms of looking out and and, and realizing the problems that we face. So um, with that, guys, what do you say we take our first break? Three and words, uh, Micah. Alien false flag. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I love it. That's perfect. Okay, so we're going to take our first break here. When we come back, maybe we'll go ahead and get one of our mystery guests on the program. People keep asking for Red Pill Junkie. Why don't you guys call it? Are you going to play music or something? We have our special Crimbus out to breaks, of course. You want to hear one? Sure. We're going out to breaks, baby. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Crimbus. Crimbus. Who the hell wrote this? The Greeley and Grime American Holiday Fandango 2015. We'll be back right after this. And so with that, we will be right back. Yeah, you like that? So we've got those all nine. You guys can't escape. Okay. But I'm going to tell you, that, that first one was a freebie, okay? The other ones are coming without warning. But, Darren, go ahead and play us out to break. I don't have a jingle. I just have music we could play. <laughs> I thought we were already on break. <laughs> okay, here, I'll, I'll give you a freebie. Don't worry. We'll actually go to break. play some music? I got some music here. No, no, we'll play the music coming back from the break. We'll go out to, we'll, we'll go out to break with this. Okay. Wee, look, I hijacked Santa's sleigh. Hey, get back here, damn it. Whoa! The Greeley and Grime American Holiday Fandango 2015 will be back right after this. Is this a commercial? It's not. You're not recording this, are you? You better. You want to make timestamps? <laughs> So I think we're supposed to be able to talk to Red Pill Junkie and them. I could cut it. Apparently we're some. potted down and you're potted up. I'm potted up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the go to break. He was like talking as he's exhaling. <laughs> he didn't. I don't have any jingles. I don't have any jingles. <laughs> I have music. I think this is Matt Oakley. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Is, this, is this playing? Some say they like coast to coast, but on demand, raw and uncut interviews, and all without no ads. Voice.
episódios. Graylians and Grimericans, damn. Sorry about that. We're <laughs> west of the Appalachians. I know, right? At least it had the numbers on there. <laughs> I thought that was the tag-free version, but that's okay. <laughs> it got the point across. But Grimerica, Grimerica in the house right here. That's the whole point of... Wait a minute, hold on. I sense a disturbance in the force. <laughs> it's not just Grimerica. That's right. So... We've got, <laughs> yeah, we've got the uh, Great Liam Bunker. Then we've got the Igloo. What is it down there south of the border in Mexico City? What do you call that, Red Bill? Uh, pyramid. The Pyramid. <laughs> Ladies and there gentlemen, go, our first. The our Temple first, of Sacred Lucha Libre. <laughs> I love it. Well, our first mystery guest is out of the bag, Mr. Red Pill Junkie. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. Merry Christmas to you, brother. And thank you for joining us for the Grimerican Graylian Holiday Fandango 2015. Hey, Feliz Navidad, guys. Thank you for inviting me. Man, our pleasure. So what's going on south of the border there, brother? <laughs> barely, you know, barely anything. I'm, I'm relaxing, kicking, kicking it back. I'm taking a few days off work. So, <laughs> you know, I've am barely been able to keep up the, with the news. You know, we've been wasting a whole lot of time playing silly video games on my tablet and not much else that's why we love you <laughs> thanks <laughs> that's what we love about him oh my gosh what were you guys talking about during the break by the way i couldn't hear on my end <laughs> you couldn't hear us the chat no could hear us <laughs> well we your chat about the commercials i was trying to overbear the commercials god hear you my god <laughs> <laughs> on your end see we're doing this simulcast thing the official stream is our Google Hangout that we've got in both locations, but there is the Spreaker. I guess that's probably... a little more backstage <laughs> Apparently they can hear us through everything. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's because it's coming from your end. So if yeah. you don't mute your mics, it doesn't work, you see? <laughs> yeah, we don't mind. Yeah, well, that's kind of the appeal, though. It's, you know, that's the ultra backstage end of things. But uh, it's going to sound it's gonna sound like a radio show on the Hangout and the chat windows that you got there. The Spreaker feed's going to be a little bit... gong show on the Spreaker. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So that said, okay, guys, we're coming up. I think we've got our first guest that we're going to be adding to the program here, uh, Mr. David Matheson. Now, tell us a little bit about David, who's going to be one of our very special speakers. David <laughs> is, uh, yeah, he's a great American favorite. He's, uh, I think, I, I was trying to email him for a long time, and finally a virus got through to him. Oh, yeah. And that's how we actually ended up finally getting through to him. But he talks about how the stars are more of a, a tale of our past and how important star myths are and what they are in the, the Bible and how it relates to star myths and really fascinating stuff. We've had him on twice already. He's definitely a Grimerican favorite. He's written a big book, like a coffee table book with yeah, visual images and stuff. And it's, it's, it's like a textbook. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I'm eager to hear from him. And we have him here now joining us live for our Grimerican Grayley in 2015 Holiday Fandango, David Matheson, welcome to the program. 
Hi, Micah. Thanks for having me on. Hey, Darren and Graham. Hey, Dave. How's it going, buddy? Merry Christmas. Oh, and also, hey, thanks a lot. Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad, la El Junkie de las Pirodoras uh, Pocas. <laughs> Muchas gracias. <laughs> How's it going? Well, we're doing wonderful despite uh, the technical issue that we've had all night. And <laughs> Graham and I were sitting there with our head in our hands as we're going live. And, and Darren's running inside the igloo or outside the igloo into the cold, into the minus 20 degree chill. <laughs> To get what was it you were getting USB cables and what? <laughs> what was I getting? What were you getting? Yeah, you went what out to get you something. Getting, you got a USB sticker for something. <laughs> when? Rooms. You had to leave at the beginning of the podcast today. Yeah. Yeah, that was today. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. Oh well. <laughs> Memory of a goldfish. Eight seconds. See, kids at home. That's what television culture does to you. That's okay, David. Why don't you tell us about what you've been doing here over the holidays? Hey, Micah. Well, uh, I've just been counting down the days to the big Fandango, mainly. <laughs> As have we, yes. <laughs> yeah. We were just talking about your great work and your coffee table book and how uh, how visual it was. How's how's it going with your work? Hey, thanks. Actually, that's, that is secretly what I've been doing is basically staying up until three in the morning working on volume two. So, um but also taking some time out to visit with family, and, uh, and so things are going great. I'm really excited about uh, really excited about what I'm what I'm working on. That's top secret, but uh, glad you got volume one up there. How's it How's it working out for you? Awesome. You know what You know what I need, David, and you're the perfect man for the job. Is I need one for my kids that I can read <laughs> my kids at night. All right, I'll be right up there. Wait, I thought you I thought you have one up there. Well, before we go no, too I far... Have, I have that book, but I mean, you should do a children's book of it. Oh, a children's version, right. Yeah, right on. Um, yeah, I don't know. I This is the first time I've actually spoken to Micah, and I've heard uh, Red Pill on your show before, but I don't think I've had the honor of speaking to either of those guys, uh, you no, know, thanks. before. So I don't know if you want any, like, background or shoot some questions kind of on the general level well, um let me tell you this and, and, yeah david because this this is going to be one of those unusual experiences where there's a big crossover audience i mean grammarica and the grayley report and our buddies in texas who couldn't be here tonight because of all the weather we've had cam and kyle of expanded perspectives i'd really love to still see if we can get one of them to call in yeah they told us at the last minute they couldn't be here because they have lost internet they haven't got power our hearts go out to all the people in Texas. But that said, there's a, a big crossover audience. And so, yeah, maybe a little background would be really good. So, David, uh, tell us about, you know, how you got into what you do today and what led you down this line of thinking with regard to the work that you do. Yeah, sure. Very briefly, um, I was exploring some of the connections between the myths and the stars um, that are suggested in Hamlet's Mill. Uh, right about the same time that um, I was getting into kind of Grand, Graham Hancock's work and um, you know ancient ancient mysteries about the kind of monuments that are scattered all around our world, like we're living inside this giant ancient ruin. And um, the the authors of Hamlet's Mill, which you know a lot of different people would reference them, Graham Hancock. I think is probably the first place I read about them. They wrote back in 1969, but they talk about how the world's 
different myths are also kind of like uh, an ancient ruin in their own uh, in their own right because there's some kind of a system operating there that they started to sketch out, but they said there's a lot of gaps. It's kind of like a Chinese mist painting where you can see the tip of a hill here and a tree there, but there's a lot that's missing. But they show a lot of evidence that the myths of the world were related to the stars. And I could, you know, kind of immediately really get excited about that because I love the myths um, have since I was little and love going out and looking at the stars ever since I was little. And I was uh, really uh, excited to pursue that along the lines of ancient Egypt, ancient Greece. Um, and then eventually I started to really, I don't know if you're still able to hear me okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I started to see that the Bible actually is also built on the, uh, the same system, which is something that other people have written about before, but it was something that I was resistant to. And, and in Hamlet's Mill, they sometimes drop uh, references to the Bible and how the Samson story is related to the stars or the book of Revelation might be related to the stars. But at that time, I thought that the Bible was supposed to be taken literally. So I didn't really want to go in that direction. But the more I saw the system, the more undeniable it became. So it's kind of like uh, different people have written about these it's, it's kind of like someone has written, uh, you know, different people over the centuries have written about some ruins that are down in the jungle. And I kind of started to explore them. And then I said, wow, this is so fascinating. I kind of decided to camp out and start trying to map them and see how they all fit together and, and kind of became obsessed with it. And um, the more I did that, the more a pattern started to emerge. So that's uh, hopefully a, a semi-coherent explanation of in a, in, in a short period of time of how I got to where I am now, which is sketching out how this system works throughout all the different myths around the world, including the Bible and Greek myths, ancient Egypt, North America, Central America, South America, Australia, um, you know, the Pacific Ocean cultures, Japan, China, etc., well, that is fascinating stuff. You know, it, it's hard not to get sucked in by this when you start really looking into it. And, uh, you know, it's funny because I remember um, having done the Graylian Report as a podcaster for a number of years. I remember uh, Graham and Darren would email me. Uh, we, we all had the same sort of interest, I think, in a lot of the same sort of things that you're talking about there. And they would uh, email me for, for, gosh, I mean, years before we finally ended up meeting at the, uh, the Paradigm Symposium. It's kind of funny that... Uh, as I'm hearing you talk about a lot of that sort of stuff, uh, where we all ended up meeting together a few years ago, I think it was a mutual interest in a lot of those same sort of things that kind of brought us all together. And it's kind of interesting that it coalesces around, uh, you know, this holiday broadcast this year where we're all kind of here together, uh, still very much intrigued by uh, the mysteries. And, and, and David, what you talk about, the consistencies, the mythological and maybe the archetypal consistencies from culture to culture that seem to exist around the world. So, where does it go from there? I mean, what do you think in the modern world that we can learn from looking at the ancient mythic traditions and these these interesting parallels, you know, consistencies and things like this? Is there something that we can glean from that in the modern era that might help us maybe even move forward, as Graham was kind of talking about in the last segment with regard to Elon Musk? How can we benefit from it, do you think, in the future, or can we? Oh, that, well, that's the really exciting part, because... The, the the way that we're usually taught to approach these things is, oh, you know, the 
the stories in the Bible are about these ancient things that happened long ago to these specific people and the, the Greek myths, you know, the Trojan War that happened in 1200 BC, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And in fact, that is taking them literally as if they happened in terrestrial history. And um, that externalizes them. It makes them about somebody else, um, you know, some ancient king, some ancient uh, priestess, some ancient warrior. But actually, what, um, you know, I've, I've wrestled with this for a long time. You know, why would they make these, all these myths? Why would they base them on the stars? Actually, it's a metaphor. I believe uh, where I am now with, with uh, my understanding of what I think the reason for this is, is to convey really important truths that we need in our day-to-day life right now. And really, I think what happened, and, and this, when you start getting into, um, you know, what the heck is going on with Georgia Guidestones or, or, or this or that political thing, that what happened is we had ancient wisdom at one point. Every culture had a set of original instructions, and everybody in the world right now is wrestling with the um, the fact that those original instructions were subverted or um, or lost or deliberately hidden, um, in particular in the <laughs> the cultures that became Western Europe, and then they went out and started stamping out everybody else's original instructions. So, not to get too heavy or political, but that um, when you take these things and turn them into objective. Hey, this is about you either believe in someone named Jesus or you're going to go to hell. Um, that's that's actually a perversion of what they really were intended to say. Mm. But that turns it into, okay, well, then I'm right and you're wrong. And it objectifies the people who aren't in my group. So then I have to go out and conquer them or, tur- you know, uh, turn them to my way of thinking. And that has gone on basically around the world. So I know there's a holiday bash. I didn't didn't mean to go too uh too heavy there but that's you know this is really pertinent to where we are right now when you look around at the civilization that we've got and you say well why is the rainforest being destroyed or why is um you know the river being polluted and and why are these terrible things happening is because our original set of instructions uh actually told us something different and they got taken 180 degrees out um so it's got it's got big picture, big society stuff, but it also has right down to like, hey, do you want? Wouldn't we all like to be like, you know, Obi Wan Kenobi or the Kung Fu guy <laughs> in the Kung Fu movies? It's you know, the, I've thought about it like Kung Fu master that you see in a in an idealized movie. Really, we want to be like him because we can always handle a fight. That's cool, but really, um, the, the ideal aspect of that character is he seems to be in touch with something deeper he seems to be totally integrated in who he is that's what we're really looking for and that's what i think that the iliad and the odyssey and the bible and the myths of the maya and the myths of the of maui across the pacific are actually trying to tell us (laughs) long-winded answer i've left you speechless probably there oh that's okay no that's that's totally fine 
I think I think so, the, yeah the yeah, other guys the, I think the other guys are the ones that are speechless there. <laughs> Hello, we are here. Yeah, I like that, David. That was well said. I feel like Thanks. I feel also like the when fu- you research this stuff, it it opens you up to uh, different different versions of reality, and it's really realizing that what we're taught in school isn't like the, the whole picture. Also, the fact yeah, that you know uh, like, all the subjects that that you. Um, hear about on the Grimerica show or that, you know, I've been flipping back through the episodes on the Graylian report just to kind of get a little bit familiar, but all these subjects they touched or the ancient wisdom that was given to humanity, it touches on them in so many ways. It's like, we're, we're sitting here in the middle of all this saying, Hey, there's something we're not being told or the conventional, the conventional timeline of human history doesn't seem to be quite, connecting all these dots you know there's a few dots out here that the conventional thing that you're taught in school doesn't really seem to connect and actually the myths have a lot of answers for us i'm not going to say that you know we can totally understand there are missing pieces there's gaps but there's a lot of these questions uh, that if we knew how to ask if we knew how to speak the language that the myths are trying to talk to us in then we can say Oh, really? Reincarnation? They talk about that? Or, oh, they talk about raising your uh, kundalini serpent? Oh, wow, I didn't know that. You know, I didn't know the Bible talked about that. The the Bible talks about reincarnation. The Bible talks about shamanic out-of-body experiences. Nobody ever, I never heard that. And, you know, I never heard my, you know, any sermons on that when I I was uh, exploring that angle. So I think a lot of the a lot of the subjects that we're talking about definitely uh, connect in with connect in you know it's a, it's a vast subject obviously but anyway so hopefully I'm not uh, <laughs> no no I'm not no it makes it makes it, it makes perfect sense I'm sorry RPJ go ahead no I was just uh, wanted to mention that uh, also it makes sense to to base. Uh, the very important, the most important meets uh, on the stars because, well, that's one thing that you can pretty much, pretty much ensure that it will be still around, you know, many, many generations to come. Because everything else, you know, every everything that man creates, uh, it's finite, you know, it's temporary, you know, even stone, which is probably the most uh, um, everlasting material that humanity has come across with. Uh, it will not last forever. It will surely last uh, hundreds of years, thousands of years, maybe, maybe even millions of years, but it, it can't uh, withstand a really uh, big catastrophe. So maybe maybe that was also another reason why these uh, ancients who wanted to impart this very important knowledge might have decided to put the instructions for it in the safest place they could think of, which is, you know, up in the sky. That's an interesting concept. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of yeah. interesting. That's that's why we have RPJ on from time to time to ask the really <laughs> interesting questions. David, by the way, if people want to follow your work online, where can they find you? By yeah, well, I, I definitely want to um, uh, reply on. Oh, sorry. please, no, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Please, please. Red pill, uh, red pill junkie just said because I think that's a really 
great insight. And I just, and our, and our, and thanks for asking, Mike. I'll, I'll swing back to that. But sure, take your time. Yeah, I really think it's like, um, you know, we, I think uh, the last time I was on Grey America, you know, Darren was saying how much he likes movies, and movies are great vehicles for, you know, we could talk about um, the Truman Show or the, uh, mm-hmm. the Matrix or, you know, whatever movie that, um, that or the, the Star Wars movies that, you know, speak to us in some way and that have messages for us. And um, I've used uh, Moby Dick. Like a lot of people say, oh, Moby Dick, what a boring book. It's like chapter after chapter of <laughs> Herman Melville talking about how you cut up a whale, what, how you make whale oil, the rope that you how you tie the rope around in the book. But what what Herman Melville's doing in every single chapter, he'll talk about the rope in the whale boat, and he'll go on and on and on. And then at the very end, he'll turn the corner and he'll say, but we're all actually in a whale boat with a rope around us. And at any moment, that rope could catch our arm and pull us down to the bottom and we'll be dead. Or, you know, the, the, the rope of fate. And he'll, he'll turn the corner and say, you thought I was talking about the whale rope that's attached to the harpoon. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about you, Mr. Reader or Miss Reader, sitting wherever you are in the world. I'm using, Herman Melville said, what is the most awe-inspiring, majestic, uh, amazing canvas? I want to wrestle with the biggest issues. Like we just had a caller who called in and said, would you want to know the future? Herman Melville would say, oh, hey, you know all the movies that are about the future? That's a question about predestination. Do we have free will or don't we? I mean, think of all mm-hmm. these like Minority Report where the, the three, you know, psychics tell you you're about to do a crime. Well, it's what's it wrestling with? It's wrestling with do we have free will? If the psychic says I'm going to do a crime, am I going to do a crime? It's also wrestling with do we have too much um, surveillance? Do we have, you know, how do we keep people safe without impinging on their freedom, without devolving into tyranny, without having Max von Sydow you know, locking me up with the guy from, uh, yeah, oh brother, where art thou? You know, right, we'll in there too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's horrible. I don't want that future, right? So, but, but the the point Herman Melville's saying, what is the? Uh, I want to wrestle with predestination. I want to wrestle with the whiteness of the whale as a as a metaphor for like the uncaringness of the universe. It doesn't seem to care about humanity at all it's like we're you know all these insects does the universe think of us as a as a as less than insects i mean herman melville is wrestling with the biggest concepts that he can and he says what's the biggest canvas i can find how about the ocean how about a whale that inspires all the that's the that's got all the tools i need for the metaphors to wrestle with these gigantic questions of human existence so back to Red Pill Junkie's comment, I think that the, whoever put together these myths all around the world, and I do think that they're connected, you can find, this is a sidebar, we can go down or, or maybe you know, save it for another time, but you can find evidence that, wait a minute, how come these ancient Greeks are using a, the same metaphor as these guys in Australia and that's a really unusual metaphor to tie to that particular star. It's almost like they're using the same system. Okay, back to the original point. They were looking for the biggest canvas they could use to, to, 
to convey the most profound truths about, you know, human existence. And they said, look, the biggest metaphor, I know Herman Melville settled on the sea and the ocean and the, and the whales, but there's something even more big that's infinite, that's over our heads, that's the night sky and the cycles of the planets and the cycles of the sun. And then we've got the different parts of the year with light constantly wrestling with darkness. And we go down to the winter solstice when darkness seems like it's about to win. And then we go back upwards to the days get longer than nights. And it's got all the tools that we need to impart these tremendous truths or to play with all these big ideas. And so, yeah, it, 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 like Red Pill Junkie said, it lasts forever, but it's also, it's, uh, it's like the best possible, if you wanted to use a training aid to try and explain truths about the invisible world and the paranormal and out-of-body experience and where do, what happens to the soul before it comes into a body and after it leaves a body, the stars are perfect for that. And they go, down, they go up into the sky, then they go down into the ground in the underworld. That, you know, at least they look like they are. It, it's got everything you need. Wow. You know, I'm just as fascinated by the stars as you are. And uh, speaking of stars, we've got stars that are going to be joining us here shortly <laughs> on this program. We got a little bit of a late start, so we ran a little le- uh, late into the next hour uh, David, I want to thank you so much for being on here with uh, the Grime America boys and I. Uh, you and I will be in touch, by the way. Hey, Mike, it's great to talk to you and Red Pill Junkie, Grime America, Darren and Grant. Likewise. Thanks a lot for having me on. I, I uh, wish everybody the very best winter solstice time and new year in 2016. Absolutely. Yeah, Thanks. And yeah, volume the same. Two. Looking forward to volume two. <laughs> right on. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Happy New Year, yes. brother. And uh, that that's David Matheson. You know, guys, wonderful night so far. We've still got callers calling in. So why don't we take a quick break? Uh, we've got another mystery co-host. Really can't call him a guest. He's really more of a co-host. <laughs> but he, he was down. Uh, he, he's from down the way that I was today with the whole Georgia Guidestones thing. We'll bring him in during the break. But when we come back, we'll also be taking your calls. If you want to reach the Grimerica Graylian Holiday Fandango, it's easy to do. Call us at 1-828-398-4886, or you can also Skype us at G-R-A-L-I-E-N, report all one word. That's Graylian report one word on Skype. That is how you reach us. Guys, yeah, if I'll you tell don't you. if get through, just keep trying. We'll get to everyone eventually. We will get to everyone, yeah. Mm-hmm. A few of you have been calling in during the break, and uh, we weren't able to get to you, or I'm sorry, during the interview. We wanted to give David his due and proper. We're going to have a few more mystery guests as we're rounding out 2015. We don't. We haven't put a time limit on this, have we, guys? I mean, we're, we're, we'll go as long. As yeah, it doesn't really matter to me. I'm getting. Yeah, we we'll have to go get another rum and eggnog, but I don't really have anything better to do for a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that. Do that, and we'll go ahead and take it out to break. It is the Grimerica Graylian Holiday Fandango with Red Pill Junkie, Graham mm-hmm. and Grimes of Grimerica. Yours truly, Micah, the Doctor of Doom and Disco. Variously, it's kind of like a continuous, simultaneous state quantum physics stuff. Don't ask questions. Just go along with it. I live in a bunker hundreds of miles beneath terra firma, and we'll be back right after this. Oh, wow. Get a load of this crap. All right, but wait, what the hell are you doing in here? Get back here. The Greeley and Grimerican Holiday Fandango 2015. We'll be back right after this.
Well, go on. <laughs> go on. This is why you never hire a Mexican. <laughs> Mexican yeah, I threw, I threw, I did throw him to the Lions. Welcome back. It is the Grayley and Grimerica 2015 Holiday Fandango. Hey, that was a good start, RPJ, but that's okay. I remember, I remember one time I was giving a lecture and RPJ was in the audience and I said, how did I do? And he said, hey, get better, amigo. Well, you know what? <laughs> now I'm here to tell you. Okay. Your, 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 your radio introductions will get better. With okay, so with you we'll got say. even after two years. It's like more like four years. <laughs> four, okay. <laughs> oh, let us welcome to the program. We have a wonderful gentleman joining us here uh, live from Georgia. I was down that way. I should have called you while I was down there. Mr. Joshua Cutchin, who joins us now here for our Fandango. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm really happy to be uh, somebody's date to the holiday prom. I'm not sure whose. Maybe yours, maybe Red's. Uh, but, uh, who's up for a date. It's actually Graham, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you should have. Date, surprise, nice. guys. <laughs> nice. Wow. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's great to be here. Uh, and happy, uh, happy holidays, everybody. Well, happy, happy holidays. holidays to you. I hope you guys don't mind. We're going to go right to the phones because we've got people lined up who want to get in on the program. I believe that we have Rosie here joining us live for our holiday Fandango. Rosie, are you with us? Um, yes, Mike. Can you hear me? Absolutely. And thank you for calling in. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Very happy to be able to call in and say hi to you and to uh, Red Coat Junkie. Um, say that I'm, uh, please let him know that I'm saying hi to him from Baja, California. Oh, wow. Ah, great. Now, Rosie, you may want to turn down the sound on your speakers in the background because we have a minor delay. That's that's the fun with radio. So you you might want to just pause that or turn the volume down. That way, <laughs> trust me, we've been through this before. But welcome to the program, and we're so glad to have you here. And RPJ from Baja, California. You know we're gonna nice. we're hoping to reach the four corners of the globe tonight. So, Rosie, what's on your mind? Um. Well. Um. I was very much in tune with what you were referring to, uh, is, uh, the stars and all uh, that refer to the first part of the program. Um, I also wanted to give my my grain of salt in regard to significant coincidence coincidences, um, which is one of the topics that fascinates me the most when you deal with it. Synchronicities, in other words, yeah. Ooh, I have so many synchronicity yes. jingles. Do you really? Well, actually, okay, Rosie. I hope you don't mind. We're gonna we're gonna toss it to Darren Grimes and have him do one of our synchronicity jingles. He has a bunch of special. Actually, he and I both put together a bunch of special jingles for this program tonight. Uh, so, is what, the acapella, the Guns and Roses, or the Rambling Gram? <laughs> I'm a Rambling Gram. I think I like he just one. called it. Let's go, Rambling Gram here. Synchronicity, much. I'm a rambling gram with synchronicities all over the web. And Darren is skeptical about everyone and don't believe it yet. That is a thing of beauty. That's from a listener, a listener of ours. We rate synchronicities on the show. Yeah, that that was actually quite wonderful. <laughs> I agree, Rosie. I agree. Does, does oh, Rosie I... does Rosie have any synchronicities of her own to share? 
Um, yes, just this past week, um, uh, me and two of my uh, partners um, were trying to get an office together. And we just seemed to be uh, meeting before we actually sat down and say and said to each other, well, let's partner up. Let's 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 do this together. We kept meeting. We kept meeting in uh, like all of a sudden the three of us were in the same shopping center in the same in the same store. We we were in school. We went to the same area. We just kept bumping into each other until we finally we sat down and we both. I mean, we both we all three had the same idea. We just hadn't talked to each other about it, but it, it was like we kept uh, creating situations where we needed to face each other and discuss the idea that was very similar. And we thought it was very, um, very interesting how everything lined up so we could actually let it flow between the three of us. And, and that was very, because it happened like five times during the same week. It it was really obvious. Yeah. The universe conspiring to get you guys together. I like that. It kind of felt that way. <laughs> it often does. But in a good way, in a good positive way. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? The Red Pill Junkie, I bet you've probably had uh, synchronicities. I know you and I have talked about it a little bit. Oh, yeah. You know you know that, um, especially after the first Paradigm Symposium, uh, it felt like the synchronicities started to go into overdrive. Somehow, I think that after a while, they get to, uh, they tone down a bit. I think it comes kind of in cycles. Like, I think that it probably, you, you will probably go crazy if the synchronicities were, you know, run, running 100 miles per hour in, 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 into your daily life, you know, constantly without any kind of rest. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big, uh, uh, not believer, but I'm a big uh, uh, listener of synchronicities. And I think they are, a very important uh, aspect of uh, inner growth. They, and I think that they, more importantly than that, they hint to the fact that consciousness and information uh, play, uh, in my opinion, a fundamental role into the fabric of reality itself. Interesting. Hey, Rosie, by the way, I just want to say, uh, despite all the profundity that we just heard from Red Pill Junkie, level with me here for a moment rosie you and i we're just both listening at this moment because of his accent i mean his accent is what does it right? am i wrong what accent <laughs> <laughs> okay his uh wrong wrong poor choice of words it's just the the baritone the deep baritone of, of okay the, that would that would definitely make it much better um his voice is yeah I, I don't think he has an accent at all <laughs> thank you that's, so that's the way we talk <laughs> that's so I, I love that thank you so much by the way for pointing that out to me because you know, if, we were, if we were all see, this is the funny thing about red pill junkie i'll tell you this and and darren and, and graham and josh i don't know if you guys well josh probably not so much for you because you probably heard him before you ever corresponded with RPJ, but yeah, for me, he uh, he he was a nebulous character. He was an avatar yeah. online, and we would email back and forth. We did that for years. And when he told me I live in Mexico City, I said, "Oh, really? Did you did you move down there?" Because his English was so good when he wrote. He said, "No, no, no. I mean, I, I live here. I, I'm from here." Uh, 
And when he came up to the first paradigm symposium back in 2012, he calls me on the phone and I remember it was so weird because I had in my mind what he sounded like. And, um, and, and, and he called me on the telephone to let me know he was at the airport. And I said, uh, how do I know that you're going to be, how, how, how will I, or how will I know who to tell Scotty to look for? And he says, tell Scotty to look for the biggest M ever in a black leather jacket that he has ever seen. And I was thinking, I, I don't know what to think. I like, I don't know what to expect. I'd never I even failed to remember <laughs> me using the Arnold Schwarzenegger accent. Yeah. And I still don't think, he's, I still don't think RPJ sounds like fat Albert. So you might want to reevaluate your uh, interpretation there, Mike. He, he called me, he called me and he said, get to the chopper. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But, but I was like, God almighty, do I, what do I expect? Like he said, he's big. Is he job of the hut? I don't know what to expect. And when he showed up, the, Rosie, he comes up and he's wearing a red luchador mask and he pulls out a oh napkin. Yes. And he pulls out a napkin and he reads to me off the napkin. Hello, Mr. Hanks. It is so great to see you, to meet you for the first time. And I was like, wow, I do sound like Arnold. Damn. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> it's horrible. Get down. <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody, so I'm just going to stop. But uh, but it wouldn't have the same effect if I was just like, hola, amigo. It's okay, Micah. It's okay because you're talking to two Mexicans, so that kind of makes it okay. And a Canadian. <laughs> and Canadian. See, it's a multicultural, multicontinental. Yeah. I mean, we've got North and South America There's all no on like that. Mexico is still in North America, Micah. America's right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's son of a... Two for two, Micah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, go a little further south, and then we'll have both continents. You know what I'm talking about. I was trying, okay? I get points for trying, right? At least C plus, B minus. D. The whole of North America. How about that? Yeah, exactly. At least our mind is in South America. The trifecta. <laughs> God almighty. <laughs> oh, that's right. I'm in North America, too. That's right. Yes, yeah. indeed. Rosie, thank you so much for calling in tonight to the Fandango. Oh, my pleasure. Keep doing what you're doing, guys. It's great. Hey, thanks for Indeed. listening. We do actually have some people in the speaker chat room from UK that said it's like three in the morning. Wow. They're wow. really, and they weren't even turned off by the fact that apparently I don't know the difference between North and South America. No, I don't think they do either. <laughs> I think you're going to be okay there. I'll be okay. I'm fine, actually. It's been a long day. Actually, let me tell you about this real quick. Let me tell you a little bit about my day. So uh, it started at about. 4.30 a.m. Whoa. Yeah. I, you know, I often do this. I get up and I cannot go back to sleep. I just cannot do it. And um, when I finally, I finally roused myself, I got up and I was like, oh my God, I don't feel like driving all the way to South Carolina, having lunch with my adopted sister, Susan, then driving all the way down to Elberton, Georgia to go see the Georgia Guidestones. And not calling me, by the way. I know, thinking, but you know, Burn. Josh, how far are you from Elberton, by the way? I'm like 45 minutes away. I had nothing to do today. I was just writing my book. So I, I, actually, I, I, actually th out. I thought about calling you. I actually thought about calling you. I was like, I should totally call jo Josh because I know he's like right here in the pocket. Yeah. And it's not even South America. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just busting your chops. Anyway, continue with your story. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I actually did think about calling you. And oh, who sorry. Sorry. Calling? Is that someone yeah. calling? Uh, who's calling who? I was trying, you know, we were trying to get a call in. It's not happening right now. So, but that's okay because we'll go ahead and we'll bring in some calls here shortly. Um, I was trying to figure out who our next guest would be. And I think I, I have this all figured out, guys. Okay. Now, I read an article a few years ago 
uh, that was about 14 disappearances, and somebody tried to uh, correct me. <laughs> they said I misspelled it. They said it's F-O-U-R-T-E-E-N, 14. 14. 14, yeah. They didn't know what Fortean means. Josh, I know that you're an erudite scholar of Fortiana. Would you like to define Fortean for us, please? Fortean is any unexplained phenomena that is much in line with the original findings of the founder of said field of study, Charles Fort, uh, most notably uh, renowned for his Book of the Damned, which is a collection of uh, esoterica, as it were. <clears throat> what that was is good- Fortiana? Well, Fortiana is it's the daily uh, double. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like the uh, what would you call it? I guess it's 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 the research into the kind of weirdness that Charles Ford would have written about in his lifetime. It's an easier way of saying the unexplained or the paranormal without putting that label on it. Is what it, really what it is. Yeah, because I get kind of tired of the whole idea of like the paranormal and frankly the use of the term paranormal, which is why I like that term Fortean so much. And so again, those of the Fortean mind may know this next fellow that we have joining us. A very special guest for our Grammarica Graylian 2015 Fandango, which would have also included expanded perspectives who are MIA tonight because of what's been going on in Texas. But right now joining us, not from Texas, we have the one and only Mr. Justin Salas live here on the program. Sir, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Justin. (laughs) I mean, we're marvelous. Hobbs. Hobbs. Hello. <laughs> so, Justin, how's can you hear me? We can hear you just fine. Hopefully, you can hear Perfect. us. We're working out the kinks, but now, 2015. How did it treat you? Because if it didn't treat you good, I'm coming after it. Well, you know, Sasquatch still hasn't been found, so it could have been better. But you know, I'm really hopeful for 2016. Well, about that, I mean, do you think that that Sasquatch could be found? Do you think it's a reasonable? estimation that we might say that the the guy the big hairy one might turn up here in the next couple of years and when i say that i mean will we have a actual reckoning with a non-human species a physical creature that exists or are we all just you know wasting our time <laughs> I, I think there probably comes a certain point where someone can become disheartened and give up on the hope but that won't come in my lifetime because i will always be hopeful that the big hairy man of the forest will be found and shot. Whether it be, whether it be Darren shooting him or <laughs> or just finding him alongside the road roadkill. As long as he's found, he's proven, I'll be happy. I'm hopeful, and I've got some ideas about that, but I've been running my mouth enough already as it is, so I'm going to turn it over to Darren. Darren, apparently a firearm owner in Canada that I didn't know about. <laughs> I don't have a firearm yet. A bow and arrow, then. But when I do get one, I will shoot Bigfoot. <laughs> it's not a mission of mine or anything like that. I'm just saying, if I'm out hunting and a Bigfoot walks by, I'm going to shoot the fucking thing. And I encourage <laughs> any other hunters that are out hunting, if they see a Bigfoot, to just shoot it. See, but you say that. What how would, just, how what would they know like a... if it's a Bigfoot? Well, you got to be sure. Don't just no, shoot yeah. anything bipedal. If it's well, not human, you? just shoot it and say it came at you. Yep, but see, that's what everybody always says, is that it looks so human. What if it looks just like a tall, hairy Micah Hanks? It yeah. looks at you with those big, beautiful eyes and just stares into your soul, and then you have hesitation to pull the trigger, right? <laughs> <You're catching. laughs> 
Wow. Hey, Derek. Just so you know, Micah. Just so you know. I'll remember this. I'll remember this. Micah, if you go out in the mountains and you see a Bigfoot that looks like Darren, you have my permission to shoot it. <laughs> Shut up! I can, I can tell Josh was on my side and he wouldn't shoot the Bigfoot. I would, yeah, I, would go way to, I would take a bullet for the big guy. See, I I, I'm, yeah. I'm pro kill if it's somebody else. I don't think I could do it. Uh, I, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Josh, I, I'm right around those lines too. I don't no. know if I. Hey, Graham, let's if, let's if go with a hypothetical question here. How? What if David Politis <laughs> were to find out and prove that Bigfoot is behind the disappearance of the, all those? Uh, American hikers in national parks. It's just dragon half hikers. Yeah. It's it's probably probably what's then still, I don't know. I still I don't think that I don't even believe in the death penalty, so why would I shoot Sasquatch if he's stealing people? Pupil. Who knows? Pupil. As, long as, you as long as you don't drive slow in the fast lane beside another slow car, because then grab a <laughs> fucking kill you. <laughs> Hey, say what you really think, Darren. Okay, don't candy coat it. <laughs> oh, hey, well, Just, Justin. Okay, so I don't mean to put you on the spot, brother, but I want to ask you a question. Go for it. So if you had to pick one Fortean story of 2015 of significance, I mean, one that really resonates with you, what would it be? Oh, that, that happened in 2015. Yeah, yeah, one um, yeah, it has to be yearly. It has to be something that's contemporary. <laughs> wow. um, well, the one that just pops up top of my head is the the exorcist case. Uh the family I forget where, um but the the house was uh bought by uh the Ghost Adventures guy Zach Baggins. Right. He, yeah. You know, what I'm talking about the the kid was walking at the wall was seen by the the care worker and then the grandmother. Noise. Was this in Chicago? Those are the uh, fract- yeah, Chicago. That sounds right. Okay. Yeah. I was just going to say those are the fractal mantoids in the background. I thought you were talking about that noise. What noise? Yeah, different, different noise. Sorry, Justin. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Uh, that that's the one that pops out to me. I mean, I, I would have liked to have known more about it. Um, the last I heard, that uh, more new people have moved into that house, and. Uh, and nothing has happened. So, so what was the deal with that little possessed kid? It's kind of weird, isn't it? And I, I want to go ahead and uh, at this point uh, remind folks that if you're listening live, I'm seeing the tweets coming from people. Uh, we uh, we are taking live calls tonight. It's a very unusual circumstance because not only are we live and we have our guests like Justin who are joining us tonight. But you can join the program just as well. Here's how you do it. You can call us by phone, the old traditional standby, 1-828-398-4886. That number again is 1-828-398-4886. You can Skype us at Graylian Report, G-R-A-L-I-E-N, report.com. We have a hashtag that we are working on Twitter tonight. It's quite simple. It's Fandango. If you follow us on hashtag Fandango. We're carrying the entire thing. You can also follow Grime America, Grayling Report, or me, Micah Hanks, at all of the above, at Micah Hanks, at Grime America, and at Grayling Report. Now, you know, coming back around to this discussion about Bigfoot. 
doesn't because seem Jeff- like we're the most popular Fandango hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> we're working on it. It takes, it takes, listen, it takes years to build a good hashtag. Okay. And the hundreds of people tuning in right now listening. Okay. I know you're disappointed. I know you wanted thousands, but the hundreds of people tuning in listening right now, they're just going to have to deal with that. If they aren't using it, their own loss. Hashtag Fandango. Fandango is a movie. Shut yeah, up. With Kevin Costner. <laughs> <laughs> really good Costa, movie, by the way. I like Costner. Yeah. Everyone yeah. hated Waterworld. Water I didn't mind that. Only everybody hated Waterworld. Hold on, hold on. One at a time. Uh, Justin, go ahead. I was just saying, uh, hashtag Fandango 2020 is going to be huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give it years. Oh, it's going to be off the hook. Okay, That's Justin, right. talking about Bigfoot, what are your thoughts, by the way, about like... For instance, the DNA study that Brian Sykes did this year. I know I've talked about this a lot on, on the Graylian Report. And when I was on Coast to Coast the other night, Jimmy Church and I talked about it a good bit. But but I've, I've been interested in this subject not because they proved anything. They didn't find anything. But we saw science giving serious attention to the subject of can we prove that Bigfoot, or as they termed it with the study, an anomalous primate exists. So what did you think about that study? Uh, it's funny because I just listened to this episode today, um, catching up on my Graylian. Uh, Good boy. Did did did, <laughs> yeah, did you watch uh, the Bigfoot Files with Brian Sykes when it aired? I did not. I don't own a television, unfortunately. <laughs> ah, well, I, I use the the interwebs to view uh, the the show. I should do likewise. Um, the. Uh, whether or not we need DNA now to uh, determine a new species has actually come a lot less. Uh, we, we don't actually need DNA. Uh, there's recently been uh, a new species of lie, I believe, that was... Did you say lie? Be a new species just, just through an HD picture. Yeah, but, uh, you know, proving the, the existence of a fly is a bit different than proving the existence of uh, what... Right now, it's still a mythical uh, uh, humanoid being roaming the Pacific Northwest. That's actually a good well, point. While I totally agree with that, um, it, it 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 goes to the point that that the acceptance of a new biological entity is moving forward than just having a, a type specimen. I see what you're saying. I see both cases. By the way, RPJ, there could be nothing more significant. I think in terms of our, our survey of biological life on Earth than to find an anthropomorphic ape species very similar to modern humans but different enough that it is more like an ape or a, at least a pre-modern human than what we know today to exist as modern humans. By the same token, as Justin is saying, our technology is getting to a point where we can rely, as we couldn't in the past, obviously. Let's just look at the entire UFO field. We can now rely somewhat on high-definition video. And see, this is the funny thing. A lot of people were disappointed with a show that I did a while back uh, on the Grayling Report where I had my buddy Gary Holloway on the show. He's a licensed drone, actually insured, drone operator. He operates drones equipped with HD cameras. And I thought, you know, if we had, and this is what we talked about on the program, how drone technology equipped with HD cameras may change the face of the search for something like Bigfoot. Back in the day, the best thing that Grover Krantz, anthropologist, had to work with 
was Footprints. And he actually proposed, based on the evidence presented by Footprints, a taxonomical name, Gigantopithecus black eye, for what he believed was an actual extant pre-human, actually, I would say rather than pre-modern human, I mean, more like a giant anthropomorphic ape species, i.e. our concept of Bigfoot. If we have drones, what happens when we swoop the drone in within five feet of the thing? It's waving its arms trying to knock the great big bug down out of the sky. It takes off and we're following it. And we have undeniable high-definition video proof of something that could not be a guy in a suit. But what would make it undeniable? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Justin. No, no, I wasn't saying anything. What, What did you say, RBJ? That what would make that footage undeniable well here's what i would say there are the there there are the uh the existing arguments that john chambers or someone in you know hollywood special effects may have faked the uh the patterson gimlin film Mm -hmm. now if we have something that is a actual biological life form and it is physically larger than a human uh it would be difficult with the technology and with the uh, you know, with the special effects wizardry available to us today, but there would have to be a a decent budget behind something that would fake anything capable of fooling a biologist or an anthropologist. And so I would say that, uh, you know, if we had decent up-close footage of something along the lines of a Sasquatch that was filmed with a drone, if these creatures exist, and that's a big if, I think that decent up close i mean i'm talking within a few feet hd footage would probably do us far better than grainy 16 millimeter footage from a distance which is the best that we have to date which was the patterson gimlin film that may also not take conclusive. a body over like three hours of footage sure yeah. brings us back to the shooting argument so what? hey justin would you would you shoot the thing if you saw it i don't think i would but if i was with darren i would definitely spot for him <laughs> oh my god that's just as bad you know to me to me it all comes down to motivation like uh, n- nobody's out there with any any desire whatsoever to fake footage of a new species of fly so ergo exactly. new, a new footage of a fly is going to be accepted a lot easier than people you know who present footage of 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 Sasquatch and I, I think that yeah you, you gotta have a type specimen I mean like you know it's 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 uh, that's where it is so I mean like you know if, if I knew that it wasn't <clears throat> from a moral slash spiritual standpoint if I knew that it was a human like ape and not an ape like human yeah I'd probably pull the trigger nice. well you know Josh the funny thing about that is is that uh, as you're saying that I was thinking about this yes the problem with trying to prove Bigfoot is that we have a animal that unlike all other animals in the animal or plant for that matter kingdom we're, we're talking about something that more closely resembles a human being than anything on earth we're talking about a large bipedal mm. dolphin. i'm sorry it far more resembles a human yeah. than a dolphin does yep darren maybe darren where's your where's your US? i never talked to a sasquatch <laughs> okay need your stats though micah because i need to keep a tally now of all the people we talked to tonight <laughs> okay. Shoot or don't shoot. Uh, oh, my stance on whether we shoot one. Yeah. No, whether you shoot one or not. No, no. In general, I can, no. you don't no, have to shoot no. it. You could tell whether you to shoot it. You don't it even have should to be, be there. Shot, shot or not. I um, well, I uh, I I, I got to say, I I couldn't uh, I couldn't actually in in uh, uh, good confidence 
I couldn't I couldn't in good confidence if I saw something that looked like a human but covered in hair and far more primitive in its action uh I I couldn't in good confidence shoot that and say okay well and see a lot of people have said to me well if you see the thing um shoot it you know it, why do hunters say that they see this thing and that they look at, at it through their scopes and they don't shoot the damn thing to me that's that's bullshit and I'll tell you why because Again, am I going to shoot a human being? I, I'm actually trained as a hunter. I'm not like really overtly fond of guns. And there's this, I think, this misconception that if you own a weapon or if you have shot a gun, that you are a gun-toting, you know, conservative or whatever. I, I don't consider myself that. I uh, own a firearm, and I have had extensive time in the field with a firearm, with train, uh, or r- rather, uh, having undergone training for the proper use and the safe carrying of a firearm. Uh, and that made me dislike firearms more than anything. Re- recognizing and coming to terms with the danger that a firearm presents, uh, you, you begin to respect a firearm. And I think that kind of a fear really is uh, what we call a respect for the weapon. Now, that said, the last thing that any hunter or person who is trained with a firearm will do is to shoot anything that they have not conclusively or positively identified which is exactly what hunters who have not shot Bigfoot but claim that they have looked at one and eyed it through the scope. That's what they say that they've done. They say, I was looking at something that looked so human. I knew if I shot it, I would be committing murder. Bingo. We I would need to never... say it's okay then. We need to publicly let people know it's okay to shoot Bigfoot. N- no, we just, well, we just need a... shame. It's like there's that's... shame. Yeah, it okay. was publicly okay to kill a, a Jewish in the time of the Third Reich. That, does, that didn't make it uh, okay. Wow. You see, that's... And coming back to RPJ's point earlier about what Bigfoot the same right as Jewish people, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's it's just uh, an analogy. No, the, actually, the the point is, is at what point? See, we have had courts that recognize a chimpanzee, mm-hmm. you know, and and therefore, uh, more specifically, as a as a, an entity, if not a human being, a, a non-human, uh, yeah, uh, exactly, a non-human form of consciousness that is, yeah semi-intelligent presumably mm-hmm. what we have in the sasquatch literature again <coughs> like this exists is we have an intelligent creature that is capable of 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 carrying itself in a way that has the rudiments of culture and that is very similar to a primitive human maybe larger maybe more primitive but nonetheless <laughs> very much like a human being so what we have with bigfoot is something that pushes the boundaries between human and animal. And as far as hunting goes, I think it's the stupidest thing that I could ever imagine anybody saying. And I have friends who maintain this, but I still got to say it's really dumb if you think it's okay to shoot something that looks like a human being. If you have proper training with a firearm, you would never do that. You would never even consider shooting anything that you cannot positively identify. Now, name one person who has seen a Bigfoot that can positively identify it as a known species. They might have an idea that it is the quote-unquote mythical Sasquatch, but they can't positively identify that as being an animal species or as being something that is potentially not human. Yeah, and can you imagine being, you know, 150 feet away and shooting something like, oh, man, a bag Sasquatch, I'm going to be the most famous guy in the world, and you get up there and it's a guy in a ghillie suit? Can you imagine the way that you'd feel? What would you do? Well, you would be tried for murder is what happen. No. Well, let's put it this way. Oh, With, without be- Bigfoot, then what's the next smartest thing to humans on the planet? Dolphins? And we're slaughtering them fucking things a thousand a day and putting them in tuna cans that we're all eating. But we this don't is really an- give a shit about that. 
That it well, see, I do, and that's I, I understand and where we you're going. We already know the dolphin exists. That's see, that's a great point. Do we have, and that's the question actually, and let's let's get into that because you know I don't want to just completely bogart the entire conversation with Bigfoot here. But Darren, you bring up a great point. Dolphins are capable of communication. Dolphins are capable, like parrots and other species, of mimicking human speech. Dolphins are incredibly intelligent. They may be, I guess, you know, technically they're you know they're, they're cetaceans, but they are very similar in their in their ability to interact to humans and to land dwelling uh, animal species. Okay, of the of the mammalian variety. And yet, because they are different enough from humans, yes, they have been slaughtered. They have been killed. And, you know, is that any more right? Look, I'll tell you what. Even further removed from mammalian species, as far as aquatic species go, we have, you know, squid. We have squid, cuttlefish, Mm. you know, octopoids. These are creatures that are highly intelligent, but they are invertebrates. They look nothing like us, and yet they have the rudiments of language and communication abilities. Think about it. You know, they be smarter than us. Who knows? Yeah. A wise philosopher once said to me that, how do we know that intelligence, the preeminent intelligence on earth is human intelligence? How would we know beyond the anthropomorphization or the anthropomorphization of our ideals and our attitudes toward intelligence? Could it be that dolphins or squid or whatever else may be the most intelligent life form on Earth? It, it, it could be. What did, what did you they think was bullshit, are. Micah, on that? You think it was bullshit that a hunter saw a Sasquatch, looked in his eyes, and then decided not to shoot? Not at all. No, no, no. No, no, no. It's just the opposite. That's oh, the whole okay, thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, right. Okay, good. It's okay as yeah, long as you eat it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just That's don't, right. I don't think, see. Let me clear. Let me, let me clarify about the Bigfoot thing, Graham. It's bullshit to say that a hunter, and this is the thing, hunters have been criticized for saying, "I saw oh, it, I couldn't shoot it." Right. Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, that's, I that's agree. What, yeah. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. You'll never hear and me actually, say that. You'll be, instead, I'll be saying, "I'm sorry, I shot that kid in the ape suit." <laughs> Darren, he Darren, was a Bigfoot. If you really think that, though, Darren, that's bullshit because you're talking about you know justice for dolphins. We're talking about I'm justice. I'm not talking about Justin for do- justice for dolphins. I'm just talking about double standards. Kill all the dolphins you want, but then don't fucking preach to me that it's okay to not not okay to kill a Bigfoot. Oh, but come on, I'll there's a difference good. between like two. Hold on, Josh. Uh, no, but nobody no. in this conversation. Nobody in this conversation is catching dolphins in their nests. That's a big difference between that and all of us ostensibly live within relatively close proximity to actually being able to go out and bag a Bigfoot. They're a Bigfoot, supposedly. Two and a half hours north of me, Micah. There's supposedly Bigfoot in your backyard. Uh, in Canada, there's like th- th- this is something that could actually nowhere near this happen to us. You know, it's none of us, none happen. of us are. It's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, guys. So, what time? What time? Josh, Josh, go ahead. Can, yeah, no, no. So, so I'm just saying it's it's on a completely different playing field. I mean, like it's it's one thing to be against against uh, the the slaughter of dolphins as a as unfortunately collateral damage, which I think we all are. Versus actually being the person to pull a trigger and kill a dolphin, or extrapolating that being the person to pull a trigger and kill a Bigfoot. But I'm, no, you know, I'm not saying that. The argument isn't that you have to shoot the Bigfoot. Is it just that, is it okay to shoot the Bigfoot? Should the Bigfoot oh, be shot? Uh, but then, 
why can you say it's okay to do something that you yourself wouldn't uh, be willing to, to, to perform? Well, you probably wouldn't do all the shit it takes to make a hamburger. I would. So, so would I. But I'd some something says RPJ wouldn't. That's a valid point. I'd start eating <laughs> hamburgers before I did that. Exactly. Well, see? This is what? interesting. Let, let, let me put this out to the listeners, okay? Uh, I, this is an interesting conversation. Uh, it's it's rather controversial. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it really, I think, comes down to how do we define the difference between man and beast? I'm not sure there is a difference. But I would love to hear from people in the listening audience. You can call into the program. Please call in with your thoughts. 828-398-4886 is the phone line to reach us. 828-398-4886 for the Grayley and Grimerica Holiday Fandango. You can also reach us at Grayley and Report on Skype. That's G-R-A-L-I-E-N, G-R-A-L-I-E-N, Report on Skype. We would love to hear from you. If you have thoughts, please call in, share your ideas. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, I'm sorry, Red Pill. Go ahead. No, no, I, 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 I have finished. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. I mean, okay. here's, a, here's a question, and actually anybody who would like to answer. The question I have here, and we will have more special guests, actually. We, we, have, we have more holiday guests that will be joining, joining our Fandango tonight, who will, who will be uh, chiming in a little bit later in the program. Um, but as we're continuing this portion of the conversation, I will ask this. Um, does Bigfoot, based on the anecdotal evidence that we have, the eyewitness reports and what people describe experiencing, do we have do we have something that actually seems to have the rudiments, I guess, of culture? I mean, do we do we have hmm. anthro- do we have anthropologically what people might recognize as culture within the literature based on Bigfoot, or have we fallen horribly short of having that kind of information? Is that something we should look for? in the future it's a very difficult question to answer in my opinion because culture in itself it's so difficult to define it, it's it it the, the the term pertains such a broad spectrum of different things for example uh, imagine that uh, you will define culture only by something that could be, you know, uh, written. You know, I mean, that you, you would use written language as the basis to to judge or catalog culture. Then you will say that, you know, uh, Native American uh, people will have no culture because they didn't have language. They, they, but they have instead an incredibly rich oral tradition and a way to impart knowledge across many, many generations. So uh, it's, it's very, very difficult to know. I mean, how do you even start to define culture? How do you even, what, what is the standard? What is the yardstick that you'll use to measure such a thing? So I don't know. I mean, uh, some scientists, you know, Jane Goodall, I think, and some people have started to to, to analyze or study uh, chimpanzees, which we brought uh, earlier in the conversation. And they have started to say that, you know, based on a certain level of parameters, you could say that chimpanzees have a very rudimentary form of culture. Yeah. You know, they, they can make tools. 
and they they seem to 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 have as a, a very uh, primitive form of societal structure. So in a way, and and they seem to have a way to teach their young how to to make those tools. You know, so they they have a tradition that they are stand they're starting to pass on to the next generation. So in a way. From that perspective, chimpanzees have culture. So uh, it, it's it's incredibly difficult, and so it's an interesting question. I think it's a question that should be should be discussed, should be tried to 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 tackle. You know, because I think that I don't think we, we will be able to come up with an answer, but I think it will be able to bring us to more, even more interesting questions. What if Bigfoot's just a Krampus? <laughs> or a Wendigo. Or a Wendigo, yeah. An emasculated Krampus who has lost his horns. It could be the case. <laughs> hey, 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 you guys in the gig, in, in, in the, uh, the, the gigloo almost. <laughs> you guys in the igloo, are, are you like running the heater back there? I hear something. That's the heater, yeah. It's fucking cold <laughs> out, man. We're in Canada. <laughs> It must be cold up there. Okay, it's cold enough. We should take a break. Uh, here we have another mystery guest that will be joining us here, hopefully, in the next uh, segment. We're, we're actually right at the top of the hour, so we're going to go ahead and take it to a break. It is the Grimerica Grayling Report Holiday Fandango. We are enjoying this conversation and, of course, enjoying hearing from all of you out there. Reach us by phone, 828-398-4886. Scott ID Grayling Report. We would love to hear from you. Please, please do enjoy the program. Call in if you like. We're going to pick things up here with a, a, a certain amount of holiday cheer, I think, on the other side of this break. Stay with us. Ho, ho, ho. Dashing through the snow. This is Richardson Air Force Base. Please identify yourself or we will be forced to take action. Goodness, where's that microphone? I wish I could not have added in the speaker feed. Yeah, so you can override those in your music. The American Holiday Fandango 2015. We'll be back right after this. Why do parents gotta bury their kids? Why we text and drive, not caring how scary 
it is Why it's so hard to forgive And leave the past behind And if you did, then that's divine Why don't you help your brother when you see him fall Why do we act like God don't see it all Why do we call them black, them white, them Asians And use labels Now that's racism I don't wanna hold a I don't wanna hold a yo why? I don't wanna hold a why? I don't wanna hold a yo why? I don't wanna hold a why? I don't wanna hold a yo why? I don't wanna hold a why? I don't wanna hold a yo why? Why is it innocent people locked up for life? While some people can't say nothing nice, why do we always gotta question what all of it means? And why won't you follow your dreams? Joining us across three different countries on an unseasonably warm winter solstice, here we are, the gentleman from America, the Grayling Report, and some stragglers and hangers-on. It is the America Yuletide Fandango Happy Christmas Celebration Joy Time. Wow. Yes, indeed. Grimeria. See, that guy, that guy knows how to Ludo. do this. Yeah. That's beautiful right there. Alert, learn from the best. <laughs> good job. Good job, Josh. Hey, we are glad that you guys are joining us tonight here for the Grayley and Grime America Gra- uh, Fandango. Might as well be a Grandango. Join us by 828-398-4886. We saw a couple of calls in the last segment. We missed you. If you tried to call in earlier, we haven't forgotten about you. We will get back to you if you call again. Yeah, we'll that number, once you. again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or else we'll call you. One eight two eight three nine eight four eight eight six or Skype ID Grayley and Report is how you reach us. Happy holidays! We hope to hear from you again. Keep trying if you haven't reached us just yet. We've got another mystery guest that we're going to get in here a little bit later. Hey guys, you, you recognize that song? That tune right there. Don't be surprised. Was written by my dear old dad. Yep. Yeah, that is the Satyrs, circa nineteen sixty four, I believe. Recorded at Mark Four Studios in Greenville, South Carolina, where I was earlier today. Always a great tune for comeback music on a program like this. So, that said, where were we in the last segment? I guess we were talking about whether or not to kill Bigfoot. Yeah, that can go on a long time. We can switch gears. I think we should certainly switch gears. Let's look at some of our top stories of 2015. Uh, We'll go ahead and we'll start with you, Red Pill Junkie. Uh, Top story... Of 2015, if you had to pick one, and I I realize how difficult it is to do that, but one that really stands out for you for 2015 is we're wrapping up the year. One I have here on top of on top of my head because it was so weird, it was so uh, so bizarre. It was a story about these 
hybrid super spy that was found dead in a van. And then it was later found that he had an arsenal worth $5 million and such. You know, it was such a, such a weird story, you know, which it probably hasn't unfolded in its entirety yet. But it was so weird to, to read about such, such a thinking in major media news outlets like, you know, the, the New York Times, Washington Post and the like. I thought there for a second he was going to say, he was living in a van down by the river. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thought too. I mean, to me, the, the the most salient thing about that story is the fact that anyone can can own an arsenal, you know, big enough to take down a small country in South America, and nobody in the United States government bites an eyelash and, and says, "Wait a minute, what's going on here?" It was a really weird story. I mean, Grimes, what do you think? You remember the story, right? Not really. <laughs> hey, Graham. Hey, Graham. You remember the the story? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think? I don't know. I think it's it's full of questions still, and and I think it's good that that's that stuff's coming up. It's not just a cut and dry. Uh, you, you think know. it's foolish, don't you? You no, think it's I, foolish? No, I don't. I think it's there's something to it. Something weird going on. It did seem strange. Yeah, I mean, it, admittedly, it did seem strange. Josh, what do you think? But yeah, as I recall, there were a lot of different moving parts, and it was one of those things where any one taken on its own wouldn't really seem to be that odd. But when, mm-hmm. in aggregate, when they were all taken together, it was just like this is a really weird thing where people close to him believe that he really was an alien super spy, and he had access to certain vehicles and certain information, and obviously certain weapons that he shouldn't have to just be a civilian. And it all, all told together, all, all together, it just <clears throat> seemed to be a really compelling case. And I think. Not to go super conspiratorial, but I think it's very telling that we haven't heard much of a follow-up on that. Mm. Yeah. Let me point out, oh, we I still... I remember I, this. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I, oh. oh, he's so... Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> still listen. Kidding, but, but listen, I think, I think Justin is still with us as well. Justin, are you still there, bud? I am indeed. He is. Justin, your your thoughts about this one? You know, it it was really the the large amount of guns and other weapons along with uh, his girlfriend or fiance. Her story along with it just really made this story interesting. Yeah. You know what else is interesting, by the way? I've got to say, Justin, your, uh, <laughs> your avatar there with the Sasquatch riding Nessie's back. You know, that, that's, what, uh, that's what Darren said when we first got together. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so great. It really I think kind of I used it for an episode art at one time. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> going to, but we never got around to. I think I did use it for a blog post. Yes, yes, and I, I may have even seen that blog. By the way, what page of the Kama Sutra is that on? Sasquatch riding Nessie's back. Page <laughs> <laughs> <Crab laughs> should memorize. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't. I don't mean to uh, change the subject, but I do want to ask. Uh, you know, Justin. Uh, with regard to Nessie, as we see in the photo, you know, Nick Redfern's got a new book coming out that deals with Nessie and the paranormal uh, aspects which he attributes to Nessie. Now, we've talked about whether or not a Bigfoot should be shot, but I would say, not to keep things overtly cryptozoological, but if a Nessie exists, should we presume from the outset that we are dealing with a paraphysical 
entity, i.e. maybe the ghost of a dinosaur. Does that do us justice, or should we actually first and foremost deal with this? Like maybe many would say the same of Bigfoot, are we dealing with a biological organism which we have to go after as a biological organism? If we can't prove that, we can prove nothing because we can't prove that ghosts exist. So what the hell is Nessie, and how should we go about our study? Well, I, I wouldn't think that it would be a ghost of a dinosaur because you don't hear stories about ghosts of mastodons or cavemen or 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 other dinosaurs. So why wouldn't Nessie be so special? Unless Bigfoot is the ghost of a caveman, huh? What is the ghost of a caveman? Unless Sasquatch is the ghost of a caveman. Well, well Josh, Josh, we, we uh, could we, we blew it open. There it is. <laughs> no, 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 we could actually ask though. What in the anthropological record shows? Uh, what we know of Australopithecines, you know, uh, Paranthropus, Meganthropus. Now, there are periods through which uh, Paranthropus and Meganthropus actually went through gigantism, especially in South Africa, where there were certain uh, uh, specimens that were found that seemed to exceed seven feet in height. But for the large part, Neanderthal, Cro-Magnon, Australopithecus, the majority of our ancient ancestors did not seem to match the height requisites that are presented by the Bigfoot or Sasquatch as it exists in our, in, in our cultural mindset. So I would say that there's quite a bit of a difference between the two, including our attitudes and our belief about how much hair these creatures would have been covered in. Yeah, f- fair enough. And, and I didn't mean that as an, as a derailment, I meant as an interjection. So please continue. Sorry about that. <clears throat> yeah, Justin, go ahead. Um, there, there's a there's a show that I listen to. Uh, I'm not sure if it's still going. It's uh, Ecto Radio, and uh, the the people who run it are the Southwest Ghost Hunters, and who are by far the most scientific, skeptical, approaching, and they're they're ghost hunters. But but they're just their approach to it is by far the best. They have a theory on why we don't see uh, the the disembodied spirits of you know dinosaurs or Cro-Magnum or Neanderthals. They think that it's, um, well, it goes into like a, the dying process itself is a process and there's a hiccup in the process that causes um, an apparition or a spirit. Um, and that energy, usually they have a, an estimate kind of expires at around 500 years. And, so if, if Nessie is is a is a hangover from from the Pliocene era, then her expiration date would be by far gone. Now, is it in Nessie an interdimensional being? That, that that goes a little bit further on the fringe, just like if Sasquatch was an interdimensional being. You know that kind Thoughts of tr- opinions. What, 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 <laughs> what, 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 you know, speaking of That's which, the theory the, uh, the energy that creates them has a half life. Huh. Speaking of which, do you guys know that Bolskin House, the house that is located beside Loch Ness and was owned by both Aleister Crowley and Jimmy Page, which is you know famously known to be the place which in which uh, Aleister Crowley allegedly conjured up, according to some, the you know the spirits that later became to known to, uh, known as the Loch Ness monster, was uh, recently destroyed in a fire. I heard about that. Yeah, Boleskine House actually caught on fire. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, David Weatherly actually uh, posted that on, on mine and uh, Nick Redfern's Facebook. 
talking about that. And a lot of people said, oh, you know, yes, of course, the, uh, what would you call it, the Mecca of Thelema. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the Crowleyite religion of sorts uh, has burned to the ground. I, first of all, question, I'm not sure that the entire house burned. It did seem that the fire was pretty damaging. Yes, Jimmy Page owned the residence after um, Crowley, <laughs> a number of decades after Crowley, in fact. But what's interesting is that, uh, and I guess this is where you were going with us as we're talking about Nessie, sort of, mm-hmm. uh, Boleskine House actually existed on the shores of Loch Ness. Yep. Yeah. And yes, there was that fire that broke out there. So a lot of people said it was really sad. A lot of people said to hell with Crowley. He was a, a rat bastard. Oh, he was really a rat bastard. I think that at times, I don't I don't necessarily consider myself a by any means a follower of Crowley, but I would say that uh, at the time, uh, at times, uh, Crowley has probably been misunderstood by the same token. Keeping in mind that Crowley in his own lifetime said he didn't really believe that there was probably a devil that existed, but he admired <coughs> he admired Jesus Christ because he believed that Jesus was probably one of the many ascended masters, borrowing probably from the philosophical, ideological attitudes of those like Helena Blavatsky and those who came before him. So, but, you know, again, I'm not saying I follow Crowley or that I'm even really a fan of him. I'm just saying I wonder sometimes if what he has said hasn't been distorted over the years, whether or not he knew, I don't know, it's hard to say. Can anybody here confirm that he was cognizant of the idea of there being a Loch Ness monster? And could that have in any way influenced his decision in making Boleskine House this so-called Mecca of Thelema in his own Crowleyite religion? That's a question for Nick Redford. Nick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still hung up on the idea of ghost half-lives. Ghost half Well, where the hell is Nick Redford? Call him. Nick Redford? Rick Nedford? Rick. <laughs> well, I was hoping the Expanded Perspective guys were going to bring him. Yeah, I'm hoping that the expanded perspective guys might still be able to call in. I don't. Uh, I haven't heard anything from them. Oh, but there, my phone just buzzed. I wonder if that's. Was there Loch Ness sightings before Crowley's time, or do you think that yeah, was a? No, well, a that's the idea. That a tulpa type manifestation from Crowley. Well, oh. that's the the, the 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 legend or the myth of the Kelpie of Water Horse, and also the alleged. Uh, legend of Saint Columba, how he managed to, you know, cast away the the the, the Loch monster when he was about to attack and devour uh, a member of his, of his uh, I don't know, expedition or something like that. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Saint Columba, around 565 A.D., uh, claimed that one of his men was 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 swimming across. It was. It wasn't actually even Loch Ness. It was. I think the. Uh, I think it was the River Ness, or perhaps mm-hmm. Inver Ness. And mm-hmm. the man had been swimming across the the loch, and and the creature tried to attack him. And that uh, Saint Columbus, uh, you know, invoked the sign of the cross, and and basically said, "Don't touch that man," you know, "back ye beast," and and the thing left him alone. So that's maybe the earliest legend. And then we've got a few others that actually date back to around. The 1870s, one around um, 1870 or 1871, I think, um, there was a Dr. McKenzie who described seeing a creature or something. He, he may not have necessarily described it as being an animal, but he said that something that looked kind of like a log or an upturned boat was moving down in Loch Ness. He said that the object moved very slowly, then disappeared after it moved at a faster speed. Um, Rupert Gould 
would talk about this in his writing about this. Uh, there was Tim Dinsdale that filmed something. Yeah. Um, back, I think, in the 1960s in the, in the television program In Search Of showed this. Some people said it was an upturned boat. Some people said it was nothing at all. It definitely seems to have shown an object moving through the lock. We had Mr. and Mrs. George Spicer in 1933. We had William Fraser in 1938. There were a number of other things that occurred. Uh, the famous, the first, and, and, and when it comes to photographs, the first famous photograph that really didn't show anything was Hugh Gray, which I remember seeing in a book by Ian Thorne from the 1970s, which dated back to, I think, 1930, uh, sometime, I think, in the 1930s. I know, was, I know it was prior to World War II. Uh, the famous Sturgeon photograph from 1934, likely a hoax. Uh, then, then there were a number of other films that were made over the years. But, you know, people have, have really said that uh, there's, there's very little in the way of good hard evidence. Although it seems that, especially throughout the 1920s and 30s and 40s, belief in there being some... Actually, I would say really beginning in the 1930s, belief in the, there being a monster and the stories told about it that really rose to prominence. Uh, today, we don't see very much, although there have been many who have supposed that there could still be something that could have contributed to the alleged sightings of a Loch Ness monster, something maybe akin to a large sturgeon, mm-hmm. maybe otters, maybe different other kinds of things uh, that people may have misinterpreted as being a creature. But one of the most interesting uh, reports that I have come across uh, involved, what was it? He was the British naturalist. I should actually try and, and, and look this up. I, 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 uh, I don't have my browser window open. But I, I asked Nick Redford about this the other night. The British naturalist with the British Natural Museum. Uh, oh, no, what, what was he with? I'll have to, I have to, I have to look it up. I don't, I don't want to misspeak here. But again, he had claimed that what, they, what he had observed was something along the lines of an elasmosaurus. And he said it was the most significant find in the British Isles in terms of zoology. He was subsequently sacked and 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 uh relieved of his position but he claimed that he said there was something absolutely prehistoric living in Loch Ness and that during a visit to the lake that he had seen this thing this long-necked whatever this creature was and believed that an elasmosaurus or something like it lived there in the loch which is a pretty incredible story really if you think about it yeah it's interesting to me because like from a historical perspective it's difficult to separate Loch Ness from just uh, geographical faithful uh, interpretations of you know the the water horse or the the certain <clears throat> certain entities that would actually appear as horses on land and drag people into the water. So it's not so much to me was there something in Loch Ness as much as it is was there lore that held that in bodies of water like Loch Ness there were entities like Nessie. Um, but uh, to also sort of add to to the line of, of, of thought that you've had about the uh, dearth of, of sightings in recent years, I believe that I have seen some uh, recent headlines that claim that more sightings of the Loch Ness Monster have happened in 2015 than any time in the last decade, which I – I kind of have a, I kind of have a little bit of a hard time with. I think maybe it's just more that there's awareness of such things and people are more eager to hop on the bandwagon of seeing such things. But uh, I, yeah, for, for me personally, I'm very much uh, uh, my my Nessie verdict is very much out these days. By the way, the doctor I was talking about. <laughs> oh, I'll eat it. God. With a heart gun. Really quickly, by the way, guys, uh, the the doctor I was talking about. He had been with the uh, British Natural History Museum 
Dr. Dennis Tucker. And what he claimed that he saw was, again, what resembled an elasmosaurus, a subspecies of long-necked dinosaurs that roamed the Earth 80 million years ago. He was extremely excited by what he saw in Loch Ness and believed that whatever the creature was represented something prehistoric. He was later sacked, sacked by the Natural History Museum, and there was a great big long debacle following all of that. But there was an FOIA uh, release of documents earlier this year uh, that that apparently revealed in these new papers that Dr. Tucker was asked whether his new interest in NASI had been, quote-unquote, a suitable topic for a lead researcher to be involved with, which is interesting because supposedly what that seems to indicate to us is that he underwent the same kind of uh, not only scrutiny, but also, I think, probably derision Mm-hmm. and attack that many UFO researchers and other Bigfoot, whatever else, researchers of different kinds of esoterica have undergone just by their involvement and their interest in this subject. They are absolutely castigated by their friends and and uh, you know fellow uh, scientific uh, researchers in the cryptozoological community, which is pretty sad because, again, you know, I think about, like, for instance, Easy Myers who uh, D- uh, Grimes, I'm sorry, actually Graham, Graham, you met him. Yep. And, yes. Uh, and Red Pill Junkie, uh, the, I think the three of us are the only ones here present that have met PZ Myers. I missed it. I was ha- having babies, which is not as much fun as making babies. You missed him, but you still, <laughs> took, you still took the shot. <laughs> anyway, that's an inside joke. But uh, yeah, the thing is, is that, uh, you know, we, we met PZ Myers. He was one of the very ones, evolutionary biologist that he is that absolutely went after Brian Sykes for even so much as engaging in a DNA study that sought to try and prove the existence of Bigfoot. The guy was nuts just for trying to even do that, according to P.Z. Myers. Keeping in mind, this is a guy who left the skeptic movement, okay, because he said that the skeptic movement was contributing too much negativism and too much negative attitude, which wasn't actually moving science forward. It was just picking on other people. Kind of funny. Yeah, it's strange. Anybody. I was going to yeah, say. It's, it's almost like, uh, like, like uh, some sort of weird paranormal McCarthyism. You can't even express an interest in these things without being labeled as a kook. You know, I mean, I, I'm interested in a great number of things that I would certainly not ever really necessarily say that I believe in. I still find them interesting. I feel, still find some aspects of them compelling. But just by, by virtue of the fact that I've expressed an interest in them, People come to you and they say, "Oh, you you believe in this? Huh? You're interested in that? Oh, you yeah. think that aliens are real? You know, it's just like, no. Just can we actually have an adult conversation about this, please? <clears throat> yeah, just from accepting the phenomena. That yeah, just or, for accepting that something exists, like the phenomena. Exists. Yeah, entertaining the possibility of the phenomena. Yeah. I think you guys are all absolutely insane. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I'm well, well, you that. I was really being nice. Right place. I was just saying. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> Hubs. 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 News from the back. Um, <clears throat> no. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's yeah. To to me, it's it's it it really is just it's it's. It's, uh, it's, it's akin to what I have talked with. I, I sp- had the privilege, uh, which was actually a very pleasant experience, uh, to speak at the uh, December meeting of MUFON of Georgia. And one of the things that came up was how we live in a culture 
that is very much against casting any blame on victims unless they claim to have been alien abductees. Interesting. And, and then you can you can say whatever you want to about them. You can blame them for any number of things they've done. Whereas any any other sort of traumatic experience in our culture, that is a completely awful limits topic. And I find that ironic and infuriating at the same time. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what? Well, I don't know. One's, yeah, I guess it, dep- it would depend on what you were comparing it to. Because, I mean, I don't know. To me, alien abduction is probably still some sort of problem. Not a problem so much as DMT release or something more internal than external. Yeah, but to me, it's, I mean, like, okay, well, okay, so say that it is, and then I, I, in in my personal research and whatnot, I definitely tend to lean more towards that outlook. Um, but say that it is, and somebody just has a high functioning release of endogenous DMT. That's still a physiological problem that they like we likely were born with, and yet we still make fun of these people. Yeah. We wouldn't make fun of these people if it was any other sort of uh, disability, but we do because they say that they've seen aliens. We don't even we don't even treat them with any sort of respect. We automatically assume that they're just put in the crazy bin, and almost on not the crazy bin in terms of like somebody actually has a disability, but almost like we almost treat them like they have some sort of wish fulfillment, voluntary crazy syndrome going on. And, and granted, that happens. I'm sure that happens. It's got and to, to me, happen. Even the way we uh, treat or uh, uh, deal with quote-unquote crazy people, it's uh, very indicative of a huge dysfunction in our own society. How, you know, the very idea of someone claiming to be in contact with uh, agencies or entities that are outside um, you know, the the, the realm or the detection of our five senses that's something that we go against you know like like uh, we yeah. detecting and think of them as rabbit dogs that need to be either put down that was the case not so long ago or you know being corralled and and, and be locked away so they don't quote unquote infect their disease onto other people. I almost feel like it's the materialists have such a hold on our paradigm still that there's yes. so much of a focus on evidence that that we can't just acknowledge and accept the phenomena. That's what's been driving me nuts lately. Is there's so much of this? You know, we need evidence here. We need evidence there. Like at some point, the overload of anecdotal evidence has to say something. Like there's got to be, you know, no, something. It well, it should because it's just. Who cares about whether it's this or that, or it's A or B? Why do we need to know that? Why can't we just accept that there's a mysterious we phenomenon can. We here? We just can't scientifically. Yeah. So and there's a reason for that. Maybe. Well, you know, yeah, and Darren's if right. If you just but, start you accepting know, that shit, then you don't have to accept that, what's it. Next? You don't have to agree with it. Once you poke that fucking hole in the dam, then what's next? That's exactly why it has to happen. Then maybe we, so we will find the it. answers. So can as, a culture, as a culture, as a society, can't we just accept that there's a mystery that needs to be that could be solved. I or think we do. We don't. Or we just don't. We don't because the material the materialistic paradigm we're living in, it's like schizophrenia. People are having experiences all over the place, yet we can't even talk about them because of this paradigm that we're in. That's because of the, you know, the dogmatic scientists that are ac- actually like just pushing for evidence that may never be found or it's accepted. It's not the scientists. It's the funding. I mean, that's the irony that you just pointed out. We 
kind of acknowledge that there is a mystery, there is something outside the realm of, uh, of what science can either prove or disprove, but we choose not to talk about it. Now, that, what does that, that's, that sound like? That, to me, sounds like, you know, denial and, and, and a very, uh, quote-unquote, crazy, crazy way of, 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 of thinking. Or religion. I, yeah, I, I came a across, religion. I came across something today that, and, I, and it was coincidental in a way because I, I sort of wanted to talk about this a little bit, but... Um, Darren's wife and my girlfriend both have headaches. They get migraines quite a bit. They've tried all kinds of different things from, you know, including divorce, including, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. You know, including, you know, prescription pills. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, anyways, she had heard about, uh, from a friend of hers that there's a, People that have these uh, piercings are called daith piercings in the in the inner part of your ear. That there's some people mm. that are actually getting migraine relief after getting piercings. Uh, something came out the other day that said migraines are solved. And it was a doctor who's a pain doctor out of Minnesota wrote this blog about it, and he didn't he didn't claim to know anything. He said specifically said it wasn't studied, but these people are having like people that have like twenty thirty migraines a month have these piercings. And they're claiming that their migraines are going away, and he got and it mm. went viral, and he got so much backlash from people, you know, bitching about oh, there's no evidence, there's no concrete evidence, this and that. Like they're just totally discounting people that have had you know chronic pain issues, um, just because there's no like there hasn't been any scientific studies on it yet. It's just it's so disappointing it, to me. It kind of reminds me of something that I listened to one of the past mysterious universe episodes about when they the, the boys were uh, discussing the alleged benefits of LSD microdosing you know how yeah. some people uh, who work in uh, you don't know in the bay area in the IT industry uh, they are resorting to microdose of LSD and these would be doses so low that they wouldn't elicit a psychedelic uh, response or effect in the brain, but nevertheless, it seems to significantly improve into their uh, creativity, into their uh, problem-solving uh, uh, functioning uh, in, the, in their minds. So they are praising the benefits of it. Uh, but of course, this is still scientifically unproved. Un- uh, Why? Because among other things. Because LSD is still an illegal substance, and therefore scientists cannot easily go and uh, and make the proper testing of these alleged effects. This is one hell of a damn discussion that we're having here. It's getting deeper and deeper, guys. We should go to a break here. We're at the bottom of mm-hmm. the seven o'clock hour. You know, when we come back from this break, maybe we will discuss with our panelists here. Justin, by the way, I know you're still there. Aren't you still there? Can we keep him like uh... It's like I'm listening to a... <laughs> It's just like he's listening to a podcast, please, please, but he's still please. here with us. We do have one more mystery guest. I hope we're going to be getting in here shortly. And when do we come back... Callers? Start, we are... Well, we're looking for him. When we get one, I will tell you, okay? Okay. As I'm going to tell you, when we come back after this break, I've got something special that involves daring rhymes that we're going oh, to be... Uh, yes. We're going to be enjoying when we pick up here on the other side of this break here... 
on the Grimerica Graylian Holiday Fandango 2015. Stay with us. We'll be back right after this. Yeah. 
We're winding down 2015. It is a new year looking ahead, and I'm here representing the Graylians, the Grimericans, the Red Pill Junkies, and the Joshua Cutchins out there, as well as Justin, 14 Minds, 14s all around the globe. And, of course, all the fine folks who are out there listening tonight as we are bringing down the new year in pure, fabulous 14 style. I am Micah Hanks, along with Grimerica, along with all of the aforementioned, and we are winding down 2015, looking forward to the new year indeed. And I've got to say I've got something really special lined up in this next segment. I'm still waiting to hear from another one of our uh, <clears throat> mystery guests. But before we go any further... And, and Darren, I know that you had uh, a response from the good doctor that you wanted to include, but I wanted to first start off with something kind of along the lines of this, okay? Yeah, okay. Okay. Hey, Darren. Uh-oh. All the ladies in the audience are getting agitated by your voice. Would you... Would you just... Talk a little bit over the smooth, sexy jazz music, please. Go ahead. Freestyle. Shiver the boo ba the bee ba the bee ba ba da ba ba bee ba la la dee dee boo boo ba boo. Is that light light language activation? Are you are you channeling Metatron or Archangel Michael here? I'm a scat man. Speaking in tongues. <laughs> like light language activation is what Ooh. Is hit that hit that kitty G. Come on now. Ah. Mm. Come on, everybody sing along. Here we go. You know the words. Here we go. They know sunshine when she's gone. So long. Every time she goes away. <laughs> okay, Darren. Freestyle. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Speechless. Yeah, we can do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm just waiting for the email when somebody's listening to this and their husband or wife walks in. They're like, "What the heck?" <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? Are you? Why are you watching Cinemax? <laughs> that was yeah. That was Justin. Justin's like, "No, honey, it wasn't me. I didn't do it." You know what? I can say <laughs> that I perform with Micah Hanks now. I'm okay. Yes, you hear. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> do what? They just told me that they were connect- collecting genetic specimens. That's all, honey. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, that. <laughs> what they he told said. me they needed a body. <laughs> oh, God. No, no, with, not on. What? <laughs> Nothing. Some people got it. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. So, so Darren, you had this response from the good doctor that you were going to share. Let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, get that. that. Well, no, actually, it's Graham that had the response. Oh. And, and oh, I'm sorry, it's Graham. Just, it's just this pain doctor who who's responding to all these negative negative uh, responses to his blog post about this Dave piercing, and and I read it this I, and I brought a tear to my eye because of uh, you oh know God. how 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 you know well well written it was so i figured it's kind of appropriate to you know needing evidence and uh, all this other stuff we talk about so he goes on to say how disappointed he is on how some people are so quick to chastise this option right 
So he says he okay. wants to clarify some things. First, anyone who read the above post can clearly see that we're not saying this is a well-studied, documented, and thoroughly researched alternative. Hopefully we can find more hard evidence, and scientists are learning every day about the underlying reasons why regionalized stimulation may help with headaches. And then he says he wrote a recent post to shed light on the vagus nerve and the role it plays in the equation and how the medical community is continuing to research this. Secondly, unless you've walked a mile in the shoes of someone who suffers from chronic pain or headaches, please don't be quick to chastise potential solutions. Like many of the site's readers, I deal with chronic pain in my back. And at times I feel myself at my wit's end trying to manage and control pain. People who are considering a date piercing for their headaches aren't simply considering it as their first option. Odds are they've seen specialists, tried therapies and medications, avoiding certain trigger activities, altered their diets and their sleep schedules, or undertaken a myriad of other treatments that haven't solved their problems. He says, you know, triggers, it, trigger activities. It appears, you know, to work for some. What does he say here? He says, uh, having someone belittle potential treatment techniques, which appears to have worked for some commenters, adds nothing positive to the goal of solving the pain problem. Hope and belief that pain can be resolved is a key aspect of finding pain relief. And while people are certainly entitled to be wary of options lacking concrete medical evidence, I ask only that you consider the person's pain the person in pain's perspective before you belittle or demean their curiosity to this relatively new treatment avenue. I'm not trying to quell dissent, and I thoroughly enjoy reasoned arguments on both sides of the spectrum, and I completely understand why it's important to be hesitant of unfounded medical treatments. But if we ignored all potential solutions in the early stages simply because they had yet to be fully researched, the medical world would never evolve. Thanks for reading. Anyway, so I think it was very well said to uh, to people that are just pushing, pushing, pushing for evidence without even reading the post. Well, you know, it yeah. brings to mind a couple of other things too, and I'll just I'll just say this too, Graham. That uh, with that with that statement he gives, he I think presents a delineation between what science can affirm or prove, and what experiencers may benefit from. Exactly. In which case, we have people who are saying, you know what, look, I am suffering from chronic pain. This treatment is useful. It is helpful. Exactly. Should, should we attack the apparent pseudoscience? Are there, are there times, this is interesting, this would bring to question, I think, something that I think is absolutely debatable. No, not everybody may agree, but I think it's absolutely debatable. If that is science, uh, pseudoscience, then are there times where pseudoscience is beneficial, not only to practitioners, but those who are seeking to be remedied from various ailments? Think about yes, it. Yes, and it doesn't matter if it's placebo or not or why it's working. That That's beyond the point. That's, that's, that's the I mean, whole thing I'm, I'm trying to, to say here about evidence and needing all this evidence. Does it really matter in some cases like this? Nobody's trying to make a million dollars off this. It's just somebody's just coming up with uh, some open-minded solutions or talking about I mean, yeah, playing devil's, devil's advocate for a minute here. I, I, it is enough. a difficult... A difficult no well it's, it is a difficult debate because on the one hand i can more or less understand why some people some even uh, honest people would go against and, and belittle and, and 
and and and criticize this kind of uh, of uh, research or this kind of uh, treatment or therapy because we are entering into the snake oil arena. The fact that uh, we are we have to be full aware that there are a lot of uh, con men and charlatans who are selling all kind of miracle cures to to sick people and. W- the same thing that uh, this good doctor uh, uh, mentioned in his letter, how when you are sick and you become desperate, you are uh, ready to try just about anything. Getting a bit personal here, I remember when my mom, who has been uh, uh, suffering from arthritis for, for, for many years, uh, got to a point uh, in which the pain became so unbearable that she was uh, starting to be willing to treat, to, to try out this uh, uh, orinotherapy, basically drinking your own urine to try to, to uh, calm down the pain. You know, it was that bad. So what I'm trying to say is that, yeah, it's it's a very tricky issue, and yeah, oh, uh, close-mindedness, you know, uh, and rejecting things de, uh, de facto without even trying to ascertain uh, what these new treatments might might bring to the table. We all agree that it's wrong, but obviously, we have to also be aware of why uh, this uh, current culture. Uh, has been established, you know, how, why they are put, they have been put or established because there have been a lot of uh, con men, a lot of charlatans who try to uh, make, uh, uh, make use or, or exploit sick people. Hmm. I have to say is but Go ahead. Anybody. <laughs> he says Hobbs. <laughs> yeah, we're, okay, so the cat's out of the bag. Actually, I should just say Hobbs is missing. Hobbs is supposed to join us here at some point tonight. Uh, I, I'm not hearing much from Hobbs. Hobbs is MIA, but we're looking for Hobbs. Hobbs. Hobbs down. Hobbs. 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 That said, coming back to the uh, conversation here. Um, yeah, it, you know, t- to me, it to me, it's sort of the the looming specter of collectivism. I mean, it's and it's sort of tied into what we were talking about earlier about not trusting the individual experiences that people have had. I mean, if, if something yeah. if so, if something works for someone, then who gives a damn if it's scientifically backed up or not? I mean, I, I think that if 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 recent research has shown anything, it's how much of a role our minds play in things, at which in which point it, literally any therapy has the potential to be effective. And if it works, then, you know, different strokes for different folks, walk a mile in your moccasins and go for it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We had a caller here uh, a moment ago. I think we may have lost them. Uh, if you were listening oh. and we lost you, uh, call back in area code 857. We'll be looking out for you there. Uh, as we continue to uh, search for Hobbs, may the force be with him. By the way, wherever he may be, I'm, I don't think I don't think that was Hobbs that tried to call it in. Have you all watched the 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 movie? No. Yeah, we have. No. And 
Yeah. Oh, we're in the no spoiler zone. By no, the way, just let's not, let's not go there. I want to make. How about inter- Interstellar, Micah? Have you watched Interstellar <laughs> yet? <laughs> hold, on, hold on, hold on. RPJ and are having for... a, we're having a reckoning right now. No, RPJ, I have not oh, seen. Do I have to wait for another year until you <laughs> catch up. Yeah, I'm so bad. I tell you yeah, what, you Micah, you come to Paramania and we will sit you down in a hotel room. I will bring my Blu-ray copy to Dallas, Texas. Yes. I'll fucking steal that okay, shit. guys. Let's let's go to the phone lines. We've got we've got area code eight five seven joining us. Air, we might go to Paramonia. Paramania. Uh, well, <laughs> Paramonia. Let's talk about let, let's talk about that once we've gotten to this caller. Eight five seven, you're with us here on the Grimerica Graylian Holiday Fandango. What's on your mind? Hello. Caller, you're with us. Have we got you? Yeah. Hello there, Super sir. What's quiet. what's going on? What what's on your mind? What's up? What is uh, up? I've been a fan of the Grand Marriott America thing. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> I was saying, um, I, I commented on um, the speaker thing, where you call it? Spreaker? What, what do we call that? Spreaker? Spreaker. He commented on that. What are the weirdest... What, ugh, fuck, I'm talking like Graham. What are the <laughs> what are the weirdest Stop that. <laughs> what are the weirdest myths myths that you have seen heard I guess Weirder myths is that the question Caller are you with us Yeah Okay was it the speaker question about myths That was my question you just said it yeah, yeah, oh, that was his okay. question. Okay, gotcha. Okay, and real, real quick, caller, hang on the line, Darren. We are not aware of what the hell you're talking about there on Spreaker. <laughs> Why don't you tell us what the hell the myth question was? Our caller is waiting, uh, and 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 do hang on the line there, caller, because we're going to come back to you, Darren. Tell us what the hell you're putting up on Spreaker. Well, first of all, Adam Olson says inter Interstellar is so so at best. Sorry, RPJ. Okay. <laughs> uh. Oh yeah. Uh, the question is, what is are the weirdest myths that you have ever heard? Okay, the weirdest wow. myths. So our caller is is calling in reference to that. Sorry, caller. Grimes yeah, I think had his to clarify. Oh, okay. Excellent. Okay, so go ahead. Hmm. Caller, we'll, we'll we'll go ahead and go to you. What 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 is the weirdest myth? Will those be modern myths, ancient myths, urban myths, urban myths, popular myths? A good question, actually. Don't mind those guys. Which guys? No, it's a good. It's a good question. You know, nowadays, you know. Hold on, hold on. RPJ. Our, uh, let Let's let him get in here. Okay, I'm sure. sorry. Go ahead, sir. Caller. Caller, that's you. Going once. Wait. 
I, I think I heard something actually. I'm not really entirely sure. That's a good question, but but thank you so much, sir. Uh, again, we appreciate all the calls and everything. 2015, in retrospect, 2016, looking ahead, good times. You know, guys, um, at times like this, I kind of think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. It sounds like this. I like to bring Justin Salas back into the conversation. Because there ain't no sunshine until he's gone. Well, that was, that was pretty rude. <laughs> that was an interesting call. <laughs> yeah. I wish we could answer the question. I wish I we could have. The flood myth. The flood myth, yeah. All my myths That's, are Is that too- the weirdest? Probably, because it's probably the true. Every weird myth that I thought of was definitely not suitable for anyone's consumption, Everything so I just laid out. <laughs> well, you know, my favorite is the myth of the grail. The holy grail in Ethiopia? The Graalian myth, yeah. That's the ark. Seems racist. But see, I was hearing the we- the weirdest myth, which to me meant like... Like completely off the wall. Like yeah, to me, the weir- one of the weirdest is you know, the whole David Icke reptilian, you oh, know, yeah, blood tie. Yeah, the uh, the shape shifting reptilians who drink blood of children and who are you know in, in, in ruling the whole world. That is pretty yeah, that, that's up. a good I answer. Got kicked out of a conspiracy group for not getting on board with that. <laughs> oh, good for you, Graham. You know, you know, Red Hill. Something we could talk about here: uh, the the weird connection between Colonia Dignidad, oh, ha, ha. the Friendship Island affair, and the Latin American Nazi continuum. That is something we could discuss. That yeah. that is, I think, that absolutely qualifies for being mythology, but it is absolutely weird. So I tell you what, guys, let's go is to that a break. The island with all the dead dolls. No, it's even weirder than no. that. I promise it's even weirder. <laughs> oh, no. It's even weirder than that. When we come back, we'll Is discuss that here. Yeah, it does have to do with Nazis, but they're not undead. Well, they might be. Kind of depends on your perspective. It is the Grimerican Graylian 2015 Holiday Fandango. We'll be back right after this. It was 8.46 in the morning. And then we heard a plane come over, and in Manhattan, you don't hear planes too often, especially loud ones. After all, he claimed he invented the internet. But if he's so smart, how come every internet address begins with W? W? Tell Tony Blair we're going along. 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 Tell Tony, tell Tony. And I saw an airplane hit the tower. TV was obviously on, and I, I used to fly myself. And I said, well, "There's one terrible pilot." And I saw an airplane hit the tower. TV was obviously on, and I, I used to fly myself. And I said, well, "There's one terrible pilot." Terrible pilot. 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 Terrible pilot.
terrible fire, 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 terrible fire. Our enemies are innovative and resourceful, and so are we. They never stop thinking about new ways to harm our country and our people, and neither do we. Tell Tony Blair we're going along. Terrible fire, terrible fire, terrible fire. Khalid Sheikh Mohammed Abu Zubaydah Ramzi Awardly has no voice. Khalid Sheikh Mohammed Abu Zubaydah Ramzi Awardly has no voice. Khalid Sheikh Mohammed Abu Zubaydah Ramzi Awardly has no voice. Khalid Sheikh Mohammed Abu Zubaydah Ramzi. Terrible pilot. Terrible pilot. Terrible pilot. Terrible pilot. Terrible pilot. And so, in my state of the my state of the union, our state, my speech to the nation, whatever you want to call it, speech to the nation. I asked Americans. To give 4,000 years, 4,000 hours over the next, for the rest of your life, of service to America. That's what I asked. I said, two, 4,000 hours. Because for a century and a half now, America and Japan have formed one of the great and enduring alliances. Because for a century and a half now, America and Japan have formed one of the great and enduring alliances. It'll take time to restore chaos. But we, but we will. It'll take time to restore chaos. But we, but we will. Terrible fire, terrible fire, terrible fire, terrible fire, terrible fire. You say we're headed to war in Iraq. I don't know why you say that. I hope we're not headed to war in Iraq. I'm the person who gets to decide, not you. You say we're headed to war in Iraq. I don't know why you say that. I hope we're not headed to war in Iraq. I'm the person who gets to decide, not you. We will not have an all-volunteer army, and yet this week we will have an all-volunteer army. We will not have an all-volunteer army, and yet this week we will have an all-volunteer army. We're not going to go alone like this president did. You tell Tony president. Blair we're going alone. Tell Tony Blair we're going alone. Tell Tony we're not going to go alone like this president did. You tell president. Tony Blair we're going alone. Tell Tony Blair we're going alone. Tell Tony. I'm honored to uh, shake the hand of a brave Iraqi citizen who had his hand cut off by Saddam Hussein. feeling brainwashed from both the ads and the great American music. (laughs) (laughs) At least we found a way to bypass the ads. Yeah, from our buddy uh, that was was here with Randall and all that. He's going to send us uh, more of his music. Kainara. Kainara. Darren, you bringing us back this time? I don't know. Countdown begins. Ready? I got it. Ready? Countdown begins. Confirm recognition. Confirm. Countdown. 
Okay. This is the final countdown. Maybe not. Okay. Three, two, one. Go. Go. Echo. 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 Breaker. Breaker. I think this is the You're so professional, Grimes. Grimes, let me show you how you do it. Okay. Hey, man, let's go get hey, some what's chow. The again? <laughs> what's the number again? <laughs> there you go. All right, the number to reach us, 828-398-4886. Skype ID, Graylian Report. We would love to hear from you if you're out there listening. I've been giving out the wrong number. No, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it is our 2015 Fandango. We're we're winding down. We're having a little bit of fun. It's it's not super serious tonight. That's the whole point, and we're enjoying the hell out of it. Justin is still out there, by the way, hanging with us. He found the chat room. He found the chat room. Oh, speaking of the chat room, I have a great question from the a great question from the chat. Yeah, let's field let's field some from the chat room there. By the way, the chat room, Adam K. Go ahead. If you guys had to predict. 2021, five years from 2016. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're not all Graham. Um, what would you think the hot topics will be? In other words, a phrase I hate, the new normal. Do you guys uh, understand any the question? Yeah, any, any, t- any, any takers there? Finally, real hoverboard. Uh, I think that Did is summarized. Did Mike Tyson just eat shit on a hoverboard? <laughs> Did he? It wouldn't. It. it wouldn't even. I don't think it would have improved his physical appearance any <laughs> to have done that. <laughs> Artificial intelligence. Mm. You think that's oh, AI, in five years? I think we're close, no, no, closer no, to no, the future. No, no, I think oh. we're going to still be wringing our hands about it and worrying that it's the next big thing. Uh, but yeah, I think that's probably going to be something that we're talk- still talking about in, in five years. I'll, I'll say this about AI. Uh, I think really for me, AI all comes down to this. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I make love to AI? Because you if can. I can... You can. I'm telling you, Grounds going to be... Have you seen that movie, Her? That's uh, the fucking no, future. You- when people are yeah. sucking their phones. All I know is there ain't no sunshine till AI is gone, but it ain't... It's a, it's a better movie than her. No, I think her is better. I think her, we're closer to her than we are to X Machina. Oh, yeah, obviously. Obviously. I thought we were closer to Grey you see, You see, I don't think we're close to anything, and I don't think that people are really acknowledging the importance that creativity plays in intelligence. I don't think that they're really acknowledging that. I just saw an article the other day that was making the rounds about how um, a lot of the Google cars are running into problems because they don't know when to break laws. In other words, mm. if, 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 if a Google car is trapped at a stoplight and there's a car coming up behind them to ramp to ram them they won't like jump out of the way (laughs) (laughs) which is a really fascinating yeah sorry i heard they were getting rear-ended all the time because if you had other people wouldn't stop and they're getting fucking rear-ended 
Yeah, and and you know it's it, it. I guess what it comes to me is that like it's it's either going to be all or nothing. It's either every car has got to be a Google car being controlled and synced up with other with other artificial intelligent cars, or else you're going to have other drivers, um, you know, causing problems. Or I mean, like alternatively, I mean, let's say that I'm at a four way stop and it's not my turn to go, but I'm on the side of a mountain and I notice this giant fall of rock coming towards me. You're damn right. I'm going to pull through the intersection. (laughs) You know, a hundred thousand years ago, an Anunnaki bioengineer by the name of Enki had the same problem. And then he decided to put a little clause on Yeah, it's okay to break the laws for once in a while. And then bam, that's why we are here right now. (laughs) Just like that. Bam. (laughs) Just like that. Bang crash. What was his name? Enki Agassi? No, Enki, as in the Sumerian god, you know, the, the, the whole Sakari Asichin thing, you know, the Anunnaki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a bad joke. <laughs> Enoch, I don't know. Enoch's father, I think. You know, I guess, you know, Emerald. Bam. Probably one of the, the things that we're going to be talking about five years from now is new forms of energy because uh, what happened what happened this year how uh, uh, the agreement that was signed by all these countries in, in, in Paris with regards to trying to switch our civilization from the uh, fossil fuel tit into trying to find uh, renewable forms of energy which may or may not uh, help reduce uh, 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 greenhouse gases that may or may not help to contribute to the warming of the planet. So this is something that is probably going to become even more centerful in the years to come. Okay. Or maybe not. No, no, no. I was, I was, I was listening, but nobody else seems to be wanting to respond. Well, it's here. been, it's been suppressed. Whoa. I think it's been suppressed for a long time. So I don't know. Well, why, yeah, why you, you're going to, you're going into zero point energy. I'm going into something a bit, maybe a less radical. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. See, I mean, but I'll take the fucking low hanging fruit and go with the discovery of life. Someplace other than Grimes, have you been eating brine shrimp all night again? I haven't been eating brine shrimp. I've been eating brownies. (laughs) Oh, Oh, God. uh, What kind of brownies, sir? This guy, I love Grimes, by the way. Let me let me let me let me tell people brownies. (laughs) I have so much respect for Grimes. And despite the persona he puts on the mic, this guy behind the scenes is always watching what technology is doing. He is always appraised of what is happening. This is this is something I love about this guy. Uh, he he is a remarkable dude. He is a, a a bright intellect, and and when we are at events together, he's always saying, "Let's go get some chow," which is a fundamental thing that I think people should do. We should all get together, enjoy chow together. Are we or, going to get some chow in Paramania? Maybe at the paramedic, we'll talk about that a little later. Right now, let's go to the phones right now. We've got James on the line right now who is joining us. James, along with his dog. James, where are you? Who's your dog? And what's on your mind? <laughs> That's an old dog of mine. His name's Eddie Spaghetti. How's it going, guys? Hey, James. How's it going, buddy? Are you coming hey, over buddy. tomorrow? I'm good. Yeah, I'm coming over tomorrow, buddy. Perfect. 
Hey, James, so, James is an awesome rock singer from Calgary. I just wanted to say he's got a wicked band. Graham's a groupie. Hey, James, <laughs> James, if you don't mind, James, go ahead and tell us about your band. What's your band called? Uh, it's uh, Wasted Nation. We uh, we play here in Calgary a little bit, a little, little bit of rock and roll and stuff like that. We have a good time. Excellent. Uh, are you guys online? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've got uh, mostly Facebook nowadays. We don't really push it too hard online. So Okay, if people wanted to find you on Facebook, where would they find you? Uh, Wasted Nation Band, I think, is probably what the title is there. Yeah, to search us. I think we're the only ones right now. Excellent. Pretty easy to find us. Very cool. Do check yeah. them out, folks. And uh, what's on your mind tonight, sir? Cool. Hey, I just want to see if you guys would be interested in playing a little uh, game where you can answer just yes or no with me if you believe something. So I want to ask you guys two questions. Okay, oh guys, so, including let's let's so. let's yeah let's let's do some parameters here. Okay, we're gonna go down the line. Okay, now listen carefully, guys. Josh, Darren, Graham, RPJ, okay. me, Justin. Uh, Justin, I think are you there? Oh, I'm here. Okay, he's there. Okay, in that order. Yeah. In that order. Yeah. Everybody yeah. remember. Wait, wait, okay. What was it? Josh, Darren. <laughs> Graham, tell us again. <laughs> Josh, Darren, Graham, Red, Micah, Justin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, if anybody speaks out of turn, Graham, you let us know. And we're going to turn it over to you, James. Ask the question. We will answer in turn. Yeah. Go ahead. And just yes or no. That's it. Like, not a big ex- explanation. So, <laughs> oh, man. Not what I do well. <laughs> I like it. This will right. be hard for Red and Josh to one word answer. Fortunately, it's about binary answers, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yes or Features no? Features binary. Do you, believe, do you believe alien life is visiting this planet from another planet in our observable universe? <laughs> may it be ufos that we see or whatever do you think that dudes from out there are actually coming here okay I, so I, and i have to ask a bit of clarification this means this is the extraterrestrial hypothesis that extraterrestrials are yes yeah okay. whether okay. it's et's grays whatever okay. and then there's another there. question right one at a time so uh, I, I apologize graham one more time would you tell us the order in which we are to appear josh darren graham RPJ, Micah, and Justin. Are you ready? Okay. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you are. Josh, no, go ahead. No. Yes. Me. <laughs> <laughs> not fair. Not fair, Miguel. I'm not sorry. English on me. Yes, James. Mexico. James, would you repeat the question one time for these guys? Just, just so that they understand. Okay. Yeah. Are there other life in our observable universe visiting this planet? Okay, guys, we've got that there. Josh, we will start with you. Are there other observable life forms visiting this planet? No. No. You don't think so? Uh, well, are, are, are we explaining no, our answers no, like no at the end? Or is it, okay. It's just no. Just, uh, that's my simple answer. No. No. Okay, mine's okay. yes. Okay, well, hold on, Graham. We'll come to you. Darren, what's yours? No. Okay, simple answers. Remember. Okay, we got no, no. <laughs> no Graham, no. you say Graham, you say yes. Yes. RPJ? Jess, if that's if that is our, my two options, then yes. Okay. Two, mine two. would have to be mine would have to be no as well. And Justin, finally you. It'll be a no. 
Oh, it be an, it's a sweep. Wow. Not a sweep. So look at that. So, so we've got a no. We've got no, no, yes, yes. No, I mean, no. first, we will have to define what the universe is. I mean, the universe is the visible universe. Or, yeah, I mean, no, sorry, sir. Hold on. Hold on. Not, not everyone at once. Let's start with Joshua Cutchin. Josh, please. You. Josh. You hang up on Josh. Did we lose Josh? Did we lose, did we lose Josh? No, yeah. no, no. I actually had He's the. I actually had the. No, I, I had the mic muted. I had the mic muted because I I had to burp and I didn't unmute the mic. <laughs> so okay, I, I was just talking away here. Um, yeah. So my 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 one sentence answer, my one sentence explanation is that there is something happening. It is objective, but it is far weirder than little spaceships, little little green men in spaceships. <clears throat> and I agree with that. Then again, I mean, uh, yeah, the, the extraterrestrial hypothesis and saying yeah, there are visitors from X planet in that X galaxy. It sounds so pedestrian for me right now, but. If you expand the concept of the universe to to encompass, I don't know, other dimensions, other levels of reality, then yeah, maybe, maybe. Anyway, I, I, maybe. Okay. So I'm not sure. So I mean, dismissing it out of hand felt uh, unfair. So that I, that's why I had to say yes. Don't blame the question. Well, so we, <laughs> yeah, I blame oh. it. I blame it because it's a, it's an unfair question. Justin, Justin, sorry, sir. Justin, I think we've got you also to add to this conversation. What are your thoughts there, Justin? So, so I took it as are extraterrestrials visiting us currently? Not have they ever visited us? Not will they visit us? But are they currently visiting us in this time and space? I, I don't think they are. You don't think so, huh? Yes. Something's going on in our skies. Is it necessarily extraterrestrial? Is it? Uh, see, I want to change my answer now. No, <laughs> no, no, go ahead. No, it's a no. It, that, the people okay. have spoken. Sometimes one has to change their answer in order to meet uh, their. Uh, God, I, you know what? what, do you, what is, it's not a criteria, I don't think. Some, what do you sometimes you have to live with the consequences of your decision? Yes, I think so. I think I think you know that's what I said, but but really, honestly, meh. <laughs> exactly, meh. Okay, interesting, interesting. So, James, I don't know if you feel satisfied with our with our responses. I think the majority. Think actually, go ahead. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. In turn, about his fair play. What do you think, James? I'm sorry. sorry. What was that? Uh, I said, yeah. turn about turn about is fair play. What do you think? One word answer. I say yes. Okay. Okay. James is all in. All right. So let let me. Uh, yeah, I'm all in. <laughs> um. All right. How about uh, now? My second question. Uh, same deal. What about ghosts? Are they real? Yes or no? Should I just go? Or the end of the music? <laughs> yes. Darren? Yes. Graham? Yes. Brad? Me? Uh, yeah? Mike? Yeah. Uh, let's say ghosts <laughs> aren't real. 
Ghost. I mean, yeah. What is real? I mean, <laughs> what is ghost surreal? Well, yeah. What do you mean by ghost? Mikey, your turn. No, no. I said I think ghosts are real. Okay. I don't think ghosts meet the same criteria that we have. Right, Justin. That's not fucking yes or no, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Justin. It was a yes for me. It was a yes. Wow. Well, there you have it. Six and six. We couldn't zero. beat the Jeopardy song though. That is pretty interesting, guys. By the way, you know. With with regard to ghosts, UFOs, whatever it is, I think we're all asking the same fundamental questions. Do we believe in things that push the paradigm, so to speak? I, I hate the, the, the using the word belief. I hate using the term paradigm. I hate using the term paranormal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because like John, John Kiel said, that, uh, belief is the enemy. The moment you say, I believe X, I believe Y, I believe Z... You will spend the rest of your life defending that belief and trying all you can to, to belittle or, or, or refute whatever it is that can, might go against said belief. So uh, I think that is not a very healthy approach. It's not a very productive approach. Uh, I will say to, to people listening, embrace instead uh, Robert Anton Wilson's maybe maybe uh, philosophy that alien beings from other planets are visiting our planet, uh, our own pl- world. Maybe ghosts That's- are real. Maybe ghosts are figments of our imagination. Maybe where we don't know, but the moment if you, if you embrace that kind of like middle theory or, 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 or middle theory. excluded middle, yeah, the excluded middle, uh, side of the argument instead of these uh, binary yes and no black and white the moment you you embrace the gray your life will grow richer beyond your imagination absolutely no, no. then you get answers like shoot bigfoot with a tranquilizer maybe, maybe, maybe so by the way I, I just i just want to ask you know again james and justin thank you guys by the way both of you for calling in james hey wait james call- you can be the deciding vote shoot bigfoot yes or no it's three three james it's on you apparently to kill him? Yes. Unless, unless, or we can maybe just shoot him so he bleeds out. The fact hey, that he hey, said hey. him. Grimes. Grimes. <laughs> no. Listen. And I also want to know the, 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 the opinion of a dog. <laughs> unless we no have more. Mark Collins and they can vote too. No. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. He says no. Hey, James, by the way, good on you okay. for saying that. James and Justin, both you guys, thank you. Justin, for sticking with us far longer than we asked you to. Thank you so much for calling in. And uh, and James, for calling in with Thanks good questions. Yeah, yeah, it's really good to talk to both you guys, and we do appreciate both of you. We've got a couple other callers we're going to try and get to here, and we appreciate all of you guys. If you have not called in yet, but you would like to, 828-398-4886. And also, Grayley and Report, we are right now fielding calls from those in the listening audience who would like to call in? I have my special guest who I'm hoping to try and get in here. Did, did I lose everybody? Did you get him? No, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was your special guest, Michael. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, you are. And actually, he calls I'm, everyone his special guest. We were expecting the sexy music to drop back in. Yeah. The what music? 
the sexy music. It's a little bit of oh, you mean ain't no sunshine. You must mean you must mean like this right here, okay? <laughs> that music, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah we try, try this one on for size. Go ahead, please. Oh yeah, that's sexy. That's much more. That's much more in in line with my uh, romantic endeavors. It's <laughs> 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 from when Kirk had to fight Spock. That, that's the music that I put on whenever I try the position of Nessie uh, Sasquatch riding Nessie. Sasquatch Nessie Karma Sutra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is a, that's a lively discussion, jingle. There we go. <laughs> I've got the... <laughs> How does you get to the business music? <laughs> yeah. Get her done. <laughs> so I've been trying to. I've okay. All all bets are off. I've been trying to get Habo all night. Okay, Habo. <laughs> and 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 he hasn't uh, he hasn't called in yet. So I'm going to call him live on the. Oh, hold on. Just as soon as I do that. We've got another call coming in. Let's go ahead and take a call from our Yeah, take a call. We've got a we've we've got a caller eight six five. Eight six five eight six five, you're live on the air with us tonight. Welcome to the Grayley and Grimerica Holiday Fandango. What's on your mind? Hey guys, I've been listening to the broadcast. Very enjoyable. I had a quick question for you. I was curious as to why humans, mankind, have not returned to the moon. Since mm. the 19, mid-1970s, why have we not returned to the moon? Why have we not returned to the moon? Good Same question. Order. I love that question. Same order. Yeah, that's a great... Joshua, Joshua, would you please tackle this one for us? Hey, so one-word answers. I, I say we have one-word answers that are not binary. Okay, go ahead. And my one-word answer is laziness. Okay. Laziness, we have laziness to blame for this. Okay, Darren. Money. Graham, Fear. Here. Red, uh, red. Lack, lack of willpower. I guess it would come around to me then. Uh, probably lack of imagination. By the way, caller, what's your name? My name is Jacob. Jacob, thank you for calling in with that hey, question. Jacob, Good shoot fun. Bigfoot, yes or no? <sighs> no. Good. Yeah. Jacob, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Uh, I think I think that uh, our our mystery guest, our latest mystery guest, is getting uh, impatient with us. Uh, he 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 has most recently written to me. Oh, for blank's sake, Hobbs, <laughs> where have you been all night, Hobbs? Shooting Bigfoot, <laughs> Hobbs, Mister Hobbs. We've only been trying to call you for two hours. Well, you know, Mike, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I, I was outside, you know, walking my property, uh, <laughs> let, let the dogs out, and uh, 
I saw a flashlight out behind me. <laughs> Did you now? Field out back. Yeah, and uh, so I had to go investigate. There were some shots fired. I had to hit the dirt. Thor found me holed up in a trench. You see why I love you so much, Hobbs? How you doing, brother? How you doing, fellas? I'm doing great. Hobbs, do you mind taking a call? By the way, Hobbs, can you hang out? Let's take a call. Who got shot? Did anyone get shot? No. Did you shoot back? He's mimicking. No, hold on. We've got a lot of we've got a lot of phone calls coming in. Now that we have the Hobbo with us here. We got to take another call. Uh, 818, you are live with us here on the Grayley and Grime America Holiday Fandango. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, guys, what's up? Hello. Hello. What's on your mind? Hey, not much. Hey, guys. Uh, I sent an email into uh, Red Pill and Graham earlier today. Hey, Jack. Oh, Jack. Is this Jack C? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, a sub- supporter. Hey, Jack. Hey, Jack. Hey, hey, Jack. Hey. By the way, Jack, I want you to know we have Hobbo here with us, okay? Oh, hey, Hobbs. <laughs> he, he knows. He knows the name. He knows the name. Good boy. Okay, Jack. What's on your mind? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know what you guys have talked about so far. I was at my baby shower earlier. Oh, congratulations! Uh, girl, yeah, thanks. <laughs> so I figured I'd ask. Um, you know, this year I guess the biggest, for better or worse, the biggest. Uh, whatever, 14 or weird story was probably the, the Roswell slides. Um, but does anyone have any random wild card bets on what the 2016 biggest headline would be? It's a good question, but... UFO crashes in a Kansas City suburb. <laughs> Next. <laughs> hey, Race, let me, let, me, let me toss this one to you, okay? Because you and I have talked a good bit about the Roswell slides. Let me toss this one to you. What do we have to look forward to in 2016 as far as UFO headlines go? My damn cigar went out. <laughs> light it. You better light it. <laughs> uh, my prediction is just that. You know, I, I think there's going to be one of these objects are going to be downed and we're going to get to it first. That's that's my wish. I don't know if that's a prediction, but it's my wish. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it would be nice. It'd be nice to get, get our hands on something first for a change. Before it gets spirited away, <laughs> yeah, you know. But uh, hell, we've shot them, we've hit them with rocks, we've took pictures of them, we've filmed them. It, it's time to just uh, you know to, to get our hands on one and uh, have our way with it. Hey, speaking race of having your way with something, I got something special for you here, buddy. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Having your way with a UFO. (laughs) (laughs) Having it just where you want it. (laughs) You guys are fucked. (laughs) You might be. (laughs) Oh, Lord. I'm going to say the biggest story will be Bigfoot shot. Uh, yeah, yeah, Graham, Graham, Graham. No, I'm gonna say they're gonna find something on Mars. Graham, like please pitch bone. him. It's, I can't. He's too far away across the table. Yeah, we, we can't. We can't get Grimes to come off of the the uh, kill Bigfoot thing here. I'm trying to exactly. get the votes back up. 
It's 5-3. <laughs> I want to thank you, uh, by the way, caller, um, for, for calling in, Jack. And uh, Jack... Yeah, very is, what did Jack vote? What, yes, that was your name correct, Jack? Yes, Jack. John See, Jack. I did know his name. I did know his name. Jacko. Well, we need there a we vote go. on the Sasquatch. Uh, shoot or do not shoot Sasquatch, Jack. shoot, Jack. Well, let's start with race then. Race, race. If we're going to if if we're going to produce evidence for the existence of Bigfoot, do we shoot or do we not? No, we don't shoot. Yes. Okay. Josh, Joshua, Joshua Cutchin. He already voted. No, he already counted. Josh. He said yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I said broad, broad stroke. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. Actually, yeah, we He's have a already. True man of science, Josh. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. And we have already voted on this, so we won't, we won't go back the, down the line. But I will say this, that, you know, uh, the late Grover Krantz had said he thought, grisly though it was, that we had to kill one in order to prove that they do exist. Now, I don't know that I exist, or, or I'm sorry, I, I do know that I... Don't have to kill you, too. I'm pretty sure I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I exist. I don't know that we should kill one. <laughs> But again, I guess that comes down to a matter of whether or not these things exist. So thank you, Jack, for calling in. We appreciate your, your Thanks, call. Jack. Yes, sir. In- no, wait, wait. I, I just want to say that. He didn't vote. Wait. Oh, he didn't. Oh, we've already let him go, though. Well, I, hey, I just want to say that Jack, Jack Usumano is a great artist. You know, he has, he is uh, an animator working in, in Los Angeles with his wife. And he has a Tumblr page, which I will sure to give you guys the link we'll for the, the no- show, show notes. notes. He, he has been working on a, on a show that he's, well, I guess he's trying to make uh, all independently. It's called Roswell's, and it's an animation show that it will be like the dream come true for any kid who has a, a love for, for the 14 world, you know, because he has... Aliens, he has a Bigfoot, and it has a, a time portals or, or whatever. And it's the kind of thing that I, I as a 10-year-old, in love with UFOs and cryptozoology, would have loved to watch on the Saturday morning. So, yeah, Jack, I think is... I hope he, he will have success with this project, and I'm, I'm sure we will... Uh, hear more about his projects in the years to come. Well, I hope we do. And uh, speaking of uh, hearing more about projects from here, uh, in at least into the near infinite, as we look ahead into 2016, of course, we have a lot to look forward to. May not qualify as being infinite, but certainly the unforeseeable. Uh, a proper, a proper. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's late, folks. Let's just <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> a proper <laughs> a proper introduction to Mr. Race Hobbs, who joins us here on this late night 2015 wrap up. Race Hobbs, brother, how are you, sir? I'm blessed, Mike. Blessed, blessed, blessed. Thank you guys for you know staying with me and uh, calling me 30 times. Bye. Was out of pocket there for a minute. What we, go get 
or half, you know. You've had a, you've had a busy night. You have, yeah. You had to pick up your wife, but you've also been talking with our very own Jimmy Church of KGRA Radio. Uh, you have uh, you have been producing other programs that air on this night. <laughs> Least yeah. of them all, uh, actually, the very opposite. Actually, most of them all. The MUFON radio program, which you are the host of, that was tonight as well. So you've had you've had quite a busy yeah. night. So we give you the yes. j- we, we we give you the get out of jail card in terms of your availability for tonight, and yet you still managed late though it is. Uh, you you still join us live for this uh, this holiday fandango that we're doing. So thank you so much, brother. Love you. I love you. I hey, fandango. I don't even know who's on the line, but I love you guys. Um, well, you know, I know Peel and, uh, you know and the Grimerica guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, you know, I, I just want to say this. I respect you guys all so much, and, and I love what you guys do. And um, it's just great to be a part of this community. Uh, it's guys like you that uh, you all that that make it do, you know, it makes it worth doing. It makes it all worth uh, the pain and the, and the blood and the sweat and the tears, you know, to, to be a part of a community that is uh, – so passionate about uh, seeking the truth and making fun of that that tour and <laughs> getting laughs out of it, you know, and, and and taking folks to task sometimes, you know. This is just a we're in uh, we're in very unique times, and uh, you know we kind of joke around about what we want in the twenty sixteen and and that sort of thing, but you know my biggest hope is just for all to have a healthy and a, and a happy and a prosperous year. It's going to be an election year. It's going to be one hell of a crazy ride. The 2015 is is, I think, going to be subtle in comparison to. Uh, 2015 will be subtle in comparison to 2016. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it seems to be the case. Uh, you know, I, w- I would say this too, uh, Race. You know, you uh, you've had a busy night, uh, and here we all are here. Uh, those of us on this side of the conversation, of course, Red Bull Junkie, Joshua Cutchin, author and 14 researcher, the Grammarica guys. Myself, uh, Cam and Kyle of Expanded Perspectives could not join us tonight. Unfortunately, That's the suck of all of it. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I still haven't talked to Butch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll, we'll get a hold of him before the you know before the midnight hour. Well, I would actually really like to hear from Butch. <laughs> but <laughs> the thing, <laughs> the thing is, oh, you're talking about Butch. No, I was actually talking about Butch. <laughs> Yeah, that guy. Good old Butch. Yes, exactly. It's actually my brother's nickname for me when I was a kid. You know what my nickname was? Spud. (laughs) Yeah. Shorty. (laughs) No, when I was a kid, I was called Spud. Hey, Race, guess what? I was just telling the guys, I actually visited for the first time today the Georgia Godstones. Did you? I did, yes. Susan Davidson and I traveled down to the Georgia. No, it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. What did you think about it? What was it like? What was it like being at the old Godstones there in Georgia? I felt like Luke Skywalker having had his hand cut off by Vader at Sky City, yeah. (laughs) it's our good good friend uh chase kletsky went down there with some of her uh 
fellow investigators and just to be there and look at it and research it and, and everything in person. They, they thought it was just amazing. Well, I kind of got the impression she went with, but <laughs> did she not? May have been, he may have been driving the car. It very well may have been the case. Yeah. Carrying the luggage. Exactly. Guys, I think we're coming up on a break here for the Graylian Grimerica Fandango, which we should also mention, Expanded Perspectives, who couldn't join us tonight because of the the ravages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> now they're doing tornado relief, and, uh, you know, my, my love is with those guys. I, I really appreciate those fellows, too. They're wonderful dudes, and uh, I, 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 in, in equal measure, I appreciate those fellows uh, very much. So we'll come back after this. Uh, we may be nearing wrapping things up here for this 2015 edition of the program. I am Micah Hanks, along with Grimerica, along with Race Hobbs, along with Joshua Cutchin, Red Pill Junkie. We are going to wrap this up probably here fairly shortly. We'll see how things go uh, when we come back from this break. But first, as you know... Oh, look, no one will ever find me lucky pot of gold right here, just over in the brushwise. Oh, oh, my God! Oh, sorry, Patty. You fat jerk, that's not a toilet. Jeez, what an asshole. The Greeley and Grimerican Holiday Fandango 2015 will be back right after this.
to the Grayley in Gramerica and now KGRA Christmas Fandango 2015, where we do away with all the bullshit. <laughs> we are having a great time, and we've moved from glass to plastic. It's getting quite dangerous here on the program, uh, but we, we are always thinking safety first. So, you know, we've, we've gotten rid of the glass before someone... Uh, has an accident <laughs> before Mike and I clinch, clinch, clinch glass here. But, you know, as we explore the fourteen examples of twenty fifteen, fourteen examples, twenty sixteen. You know, race. I know what you're doing there, race. I have to say, oh God, this is this is glorious. This is absolutely this, this. This would qualify as being glorious Star uh, Star Lord right here. Okay, um, race. Have you ever met an alien being? Oh, I think I've met several of them. Some bitches. I've never met I've one, met. but I can. I know people who have. I've never met one, but I know people who have. That will be the focus of our next Edge of Reality. <laughs> Edge of Reality. Let me take a call here. Okay, hold on. Hi there. I, yes, I'm calling into Edge of Reality. Um, I have never met a ghost, but I have a family member who thinks that they have encountered a ghost. Do you believe that ghosts exist? I don't believe ghosts exist, but I know people who have. <laughs> that will be the focus of our next episode of Edge of Reality. It was the kind of guy who would like, you know, come in your your office and stand there. He would hang out all night. You could never get rid of him. Lee Spiegel of the Huffington Post. <laughs> Hello, Micah. Uh, do you think there's uh, life on Uranus? No. no. Who's who's anus? I don't think I've seen any life on Uranus, but I know people who claim that it exists there. <laughs> Micah, is uh, there rings around Uranus? Who's anus? I know there's no rings around Uranus. <laughs> this, is this is in our chat room, right? Yes. Why is there not? Why is there? I don't know why this is there. It's, Actually, it's, I can tell you. It's, 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 it's the echo of Uranus. from Uranus. <laughs> I can tell you why there's actually echo. I can, I can tell you. And the reason why is because Hobbs. <laughs> yeah, that would do it. Guys, guys, I think we need a news update. Oh, do we now? I think we do. News. Some hey, news from, from somewhere. He thinks we need some <laughs> news. There we go. <laughs> Although again, if it's from Uranus, it maybe it's news from the back. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love. <laughs> what a, what a What a, what a do? I've got to fire up the cigar, man. I'm, I'm sitting here sucking on a dry well, cigar. Well, why you? Well, why you? Why you fire that up? We're gonna hit some news from the French. <laughs> Race off, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Oh gosh, guys! You know, I'm just shocked at how how your fans, your your listeners, uh, you know, they write me just about every day, uh, and about how you know it really makes them laugh. I've had one guy though that didn't like it. He, he, that guy, you know, he um, he was wound pretty tight. Well, we said the hell with him too. Yeah, I could. If you and Micah want to, people to take you serious, you can. You, know, you got to be a tight ass. That guy's. <laughs> Eyes clubs when his dick gets hard, but you know, there's one in the family, and we have to, you know, we have to put up with those, you know. So, but um, you know, he did take the time to write, and for that, you know who you are, and I and I thank you for taking the time. 
Yeah, thank you but for I harassing. I want to thank everybody else who writes with all the positive comments. It's it's always good to hear from them. <laughs> with our reactions. Race, for all I have to say, all I have to say is this. <laughs> It's so sexy. <laughs> you can't handle it. <laughs> oh, Rub my feet. Guys, we are wrapping up the 2015. Oh, we got you know to do first, though. What is we it? We got to make ground do this. That's the RCWR. You're right. I found QFM quarter of the week. You're right. Wow, Darren caught me. Off hey Graham, Graham, okay could, could well, Graham, I was going to say, could could you, could you do your Graham, whatever the hell that thing is, technique? Yeah, please go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> it's the UFO quote of the week. Okay, go ahead. Uf- It'll be a quick UFO. one that we've all heard of. That's what she said. Okay. For the government to continue to maintain that UFOs are non-existent in the face of the documents already released and other cogent evidence presented in this book. It's puerile and, in a sense, an insult to the American people. That was from Dr. Alan Hynek, PhD, former scientist with Project Blue Book. Wow. Debunker. And for those of you who think you need to be told by the government that UFOs are real, we've got Vagra on sale for real cheap. (laughs) And seeds. We do. Joshua Cutchin, we'll go ahead and go to you. Um, Viagra? What? Yes, your thoughts on Viagra, Cialis. Well, it's been a uh, it's been a a year full of stiff competition, but I'm sure we can (laughs) we can power we can power through and uh, and and always remember to to be nice to ourselves and not be too hard on ourselves. That's right. We're (laughs) erecting a future here. Get them each now. Move your jacket in the morning. See, we have the Wonder Team right here. This is the team. This is the group. These guys. <laughs> RPJ, go ahead. Oh, about Viagra? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea no, what's no, going no. on. It doesn't have to be about that. doesn't have to be about let me, that. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you that 2015 wasn't a, a, a particularly good year for me. I was laid off of my work, uh, of my job uh, in the middle of the year. It was at many uh, at, at many times it was a bit hair racing to to see, to try to find how we would make it in ends meet. Uh, hope, uh, uh, thankfully, things uh, managed to work out. But one thing that I'm that I'm sure I'm grateful for the, the coming year is that I'm the blessed, how blessed I am uh, for the friendship that I have with you guys. I mean, uh, it's kind of difficult for me to state it, but uh, to, to to say it, um, not say it uh, uh, oftenly enough. But uh, I I love you guys. I mean, I, I, one of the things that I'm really thankful for in my life is the wealth of Having met you personally, some of you, but hopefully uh, the rest, I, I will manage to meet you in person. And, and the richness that you have brought into my life. That is one of the things that I'm 
going to toast for in, in the in January the third. The 31st, and I'm going to hope that no, I'm not going to hope for a new car or a, a better job or a better income or whatever. I'm going to hope for finally having the chance to to once again meet you guys and uh, meet you in person and and tell you in person how how important all of you are into in my life. Thank you so much. RPJ. Uh, amen, amen and ditto. Yeah, I love you too, buddy. Yeah. You make I'm crying. Can I make a, I'll make a quick <laughs> prediction. In 2020, Red Pill Junkie will look back on 2015 as the most transformative and integral year of his life. It probably, probably could be true. I would hope for his sake that that would be the case. You know, we have a very unique group of people here together right now. We, you know, we've got Joshua Cutchin, Darren Grimes, uh, you know, uh, we've got Red Pill Junkie Graham, of course, also of uh, Grimerica, myself included, and of course the uh, the legendary Hobbo, <laughs> you know, Race Hobbs of KGRA Radio. Uh, looking ahead, I I, I look at at 2015. You know, again, it seems as nebulous now, twelve years in hindsight, as it did at the beginning of this year. I don't know that 2016 seems, in, and I'm just being honest, I don't know that it seems any clearer to me in terms of our outlook and our, our, our moving ahead. But what I do feel confident in is that with good minds and with good people, we move ahead together with a sense of togetherness and also with a sense of discrimination in our knowledge and what we gather and what we take as fact uh, and we hope to try and un- understand and discern from the future what we gather, what we experience, what we learn in a unique way that helps us to further our knowledge rather than merely allow us to tread water in that proverbial sense, which many, I think, unfortunately do when it comes to these esoteric subjects. So it has been my privilege, pleasure and frankly, my honor to spend 2015 working with guys the likes of all of you here, Race Hobbs, as well as Graham and Grimes of, of, of Grimerica, Joshua Cutchin, of course, author of A Trojan Feast, Ripple Junkie, blogger, and also esoteric, uh, phenomenological scholar, really, if we want to call him anything. But he has long uh, been a, a contributor to the great, uh, the Daily Grill, and also he has contributed his uh, knowledge and his insight to all of our in- individual endeavors. Uh, we, we've got a lot of people here, and we have a lot to do in the coming year, and so I hope that we can all do that together. Darren, Graham, RPJ, uh, Justin also, who joined us tonight, Habo, Joshua Cutchin, all the folks who called in all of the people who have been guests on tonight's program and all of those who were not able to join us, but who are a part of what we do by virtue of listening, uh, sending emails, you know, being a part of what we do in terms of the furtherance of our knowledge by contributing to what knowledge we have at our disposal. Thank you so much. It has been a true pleasure guys. I want to, before we wrap things up here, say, uh, you know, thank you so much for a wonderful year and final thoughts. Maybe we'll begin with you, Darren Grimes. I know that you have the uh, the memory of an uh, of a goldfish, which is roughly eight seconds. But 
But but <laughs> but given what but given what you can remember, I, I want I want to ask you first. You're, you know you. <laughs> Dick move better. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I've lost my train of thought. No, it's been uh, it's been a decent year, I guess. I'm looking forward to 2016. Hopefully, we can meet up at Paramania. It was kind of a letdown this year that we didn't get to meet up at uh, the Paradigm debacle mm. of 2015, as it'll become come to be known. Um, yeah, but I mean, hopefully we can meet up at Paramania because I mean, you know, if it wasn't for guys like you, Mike, America probably wouldn't be around. So, mm-hmm. well, you know, it's, it's, Star it's, Trek is better than fucking Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> you wished back in 2015. You know, Darren Grimes showed up at the at the uh, 2012 Paradigm Symposium. Uh, you know, Graham was there. I, I met both these guys. And uh, at that time, they were not doing a podcast. They were listeners of the Grayling Report podcast. At that time, I was not on the KGRA radio network. At that time, I didn't know Joshua Cutchin. I knew Red Pill Junkie, but I had not met him yet, and he showed up and made his physical presence known at that event. What we, What I have learned in the past few years and what I carry forth into 2016 is that when we make these kind of physical you know, uh, interactions, when we meet, when we carry our knowledge forth into the future and we meet and we come together at events when and where we can, we're a lot better for it. Joshua, I know you're a relative newcomer, but brother, you bring so much knowledge to the field. Well, I I have, uh, have been overwhelmed by how welcoming and kind everybody that I've met so far has, uh, has been in this in this particular area. No, haven't met any dicks yet. Not many dicks, so that's good. Not many dicks, but you'll <laughs> meet know, some dicks. Don't. Oh, I know it's inevitable, but uh, no, it just the, the 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 ability to to have a conversation like we've had over the past three hours, and to to be on the same wavelength like we have, and to always just just take conversations in new directions. It's it's a special thing, and it's been a privilege to speak with you guys, and it's been a an even greater privilege to call you my friends. Thank you so much. Race Hobbs. I'll tell sir. you a secret, Josh. Graham's kind of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're coming back around to Graham. Don't worry. But Race, <laughs> I want to come to you, Race. Race, your final thoughts about 2015 and joining us tonight. Race Hobbs. Okay. He we lost him. Hobbs. He may, Hobbs. He may not be there, but uh, that ca- the, well, that being the case, okay, we'll go ahead and go to uh, Graham. <laughs> all right well no i'm just it's a pleasure to get together to do this with you guys i hope we can do it more often i mean 20 2015 was was great it was interesting 2016 will be even better i think uh i'm just happy to be part of this platform where we can share people's experience and have an open conversation without judgment and ridicule and I'm, i feel blessed to be a part of this whole thing and i and i hope we can uh, get together in person april 1st mm-hmm. <laughs> and thanks to all the supporters of our show. And thanks to you, Micah. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. Uh, let's see here. And then finally, I guess the uh, the, 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 the last individual that we have to uh, reckon with here uh, for this live broadcast that we have. Uh, let's see here. We have, we've touched on everybody. Let's see here. Graham, we've, we've talked with, uh, with, with Grimes. 
Josh. Uh, Hobbs has uh, he's been conveniently absent. Who are we missing here? Who am I missing? Pokeru. Who? Don't you guys have fucking Pokeru down there? Uh, Maybe. We, never mind. Maybe we don't. Yeah, so huh. Google it. P o l k e r. No, P o l k a r o o. I should look into it, but I don't think that RPJ has chimed in yet. Oh well, how much? How how? How much can I say now that I, I already spilled my guts? You know, uh, okay, I have one one uh, New Year resolution by 24, 2016. I want to finally be able to 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 get on my ass and la- properly launch uh, the website that I have intended to 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 create. Yeah, for the last I don't know five four months. And it's going to be uh, absurdbydesign.com. And I'm not really sure what I'm going to do with that. You know, at, at one point I thought that it was, it was going to be some kind of uh, online store for trying to sell t-shirts that I wanted to design. You know, that it's, that it's still viable. That is still a possibility, although, you know... the. Uh, trying to market these things from Mexico is not going to be easy, but something something could be done with that website. You know, maybe you know, be my becoming my main hub for the things that I that I do on other websites like the Daily Grail, which I will still be a contributor contributor of for many years to come. Hopefully, also Mysterious Universe. Although I I'm regret to 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 admit that I. Being, uh, be I was a lot of uh, I was a, a bit lazy of this year of this past year and hopefully it will uh, pick up the pace into 2016 and I don't know uh, it's many other uh, interesting projects that are uh, started to open up uh, our common friend Adam loyal has been talking about creating his own podcast. And uh, hopefully, I will be able to to give him a hand and maybe you know contribute uh, on that project. So, yeah, I mean, 2016 in, in some respects seems a bit darker uh, with with what well, things will come. You know, uh, things aren't looking so bright down here in Mexico. I'm sure the thing. The same is in, in, in some other countries, even the, the United States, you know, with the presidential, the presidential election and how the depressing the tone of that election is, is started to become thanks to that blonde imbecile by the name of Donald Trump. Hopefully we will not become president as Darren. Uh, mockedly boldly, predict, predicted. Boldly, no, boldly, he will boldly, not. Boldly predicted. As God is my witness, he will not become president. But, but like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but without all those things, you know, the, the, when things become dire, the, the, you, people listening, you have to remember that if you're listening to this, is because hopefully this is this brings some manner of entertainment and some manner of also hopefully joy into your life. 
Because if you're not into that for the joy or, or for uh, becoming a better person, then, well, maybe you're listening to this for the wrong reasons. So here's, for you, here's hoping that 2016 will bring you that, you know, more joy, uh, more inner growth and more uh, chance to interact with like-minded people and, and that, that will bring you the kind of blessing that we here, the, the four or five of us, uh, are already enjoying. Well said, well, buddy. I, and also, yes. if you're still listening at the three hour and 45 minute mark, you are a fucking dedicated fan. And we love keep in mind, keep in mind, yes, keep in mind, though, that we had our pregame show. So we're actually at about three hours and five minutes and with that I, I i suppose that we should really actually kind of begin to uh, wrap things up for this week's or i'm sorry <laughs> i say week maybe this monthly month. maybe we could do it monthly but a weekly seems like a stretch maybe we will maybe we or should do quarterly, this quarterly <clears throat> at very least quarterly yeah uh, on behalf of red bull junkie joshua cutchen grams and grimes <laughs> Ray Hobbs, all the fine folks who have joined us on this edition of the program. This has been our 2015, uh, God, what would you call it? A, a, a 2015 blowout. Fandango. I was going to say a 2015 confabulation, but yes, a Fandango probably qualifies. First, first annual, I suppose. Thank you, first guys. First of many. Thank you guys so much for joining us. All of you who listened uh, all of you in the listening audience who are a part of what we do, we appreciate it so much. Grimerica.com, greatleadreport.com, expandedperspectives.com, and also kgra.com. You can find us all on social media. You can find us via social media, via our various websites, as aforementioned. Thank you guys so much. We look forward to 2016 being a wonderful time together. And guys, good night. Good luck, and we are so sorry that we were a little bit crunked up here on Christmas, right? Good night. <laughs> Feliz Año Nuevo! Happy New Year's. Merry Christmas. Slippers and the stuff you buy.